right. Make it a blockbuster night. Oh, it still haunts me in my dreams. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. The story is ludicrous. You can imagine where it goes from here. Fixes the cable. You can call me sentimental, I don't care. I have beautiful friends, I have a wonderful new family. He's a wonderful man. There's just something about him. Oh, that guy in Bellevue that killed his whole family. Cut him up with knives. Maybe they disappointed him. Hi, honey. He's just some crazy creep. Don't you talk to your father that way. He's not my father. You're a very bad girl. The stepfather. This is Black Dog Video. It is After Dark. It is the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast, a.k.a. Black Dog AD. That's right. We are a nostalgia movie podcast recorded out of Black Dog Video while or we still in, can. In Black out Dog of. Video. No, we, out just, of? we just shouted out the window. Right. Hey, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> um, well, we still can. We are at 1470 Commercial Drive in monsoon-like weather conditions in uh, Vancouver, Canada. And today we are talking about uh, which, which which movie is it again, folks? <laughs> I like you're looking the at your beer soaked notes. <laughs> it is 1987's The Stepfather. But before we get to that, my name is Dylan Reimer. I'm one of your intrepid hosts. I'm a comedian and part time employee of Black Dog Video. And sitting right across the table from me, as always, is I'm Alex Chisholm. I also work at Black Dog Video, and I also work at the Rio Theater on uh, Broadway and Commercial as a programmer. Excellent. Um, I am Darren Gay. I own this uh, establishment, this faded beauty, mm. this um, bright light in the star that's now mm. being sucked into the black hole of time and streaming and irrelevance. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah that's who you are. <laughs> yeah. And we have a guest, uh, as is there want from time to time, uh, local, uh, I guess, comedian, raconteur, actor, animator, poet. Tall man, beard growing dude, <laughs> all those and things, uh, yeah. all around tall person, yeah. um, Mr. Duncan Shields. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be here. It's wonderful. Yeah, to welcome. Join the wonderful podcast. to have you, Duncan. I think this is like the first guest we've had since the pandemic started. I believe. I think uh, so. Am I correct in saying that? Wow. I know. And only one of few who weren't actually uh, employees of Black Dog Video. Yeah. But Duncan, you're an avid renter here. An avid rent. Former uh, and a former video store employee in my own right back in the 90s. So Back in the 90s. Oh, which, uh, which shop did you work at? Uh, Rogers down on Davie and Jervis. Oh, Busiest cool. store in Canada because of the, really? the um, population density down there is huge because of oh, all the high rises. Yeah, yeah. It was open till 3. We got to sort of run our own show after 8 o'clock. You guys were open till 3 a.m.? Yeah. Wow, that must have been weird, like between 12 and 3. Yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> and those, those were the shifts I usually asked for. Oh, yeah? Because awesome. you didn't have to play the loop, the promo loop. Oh, right. During Terrific. the day, you had to play the promo loop. Oh. So you'd memorize all these trailers that were played 900 years. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Years. Oh, yeah. I, used yeah. To, I oh, worked yeah. at Bla- uh, Blockbuster uh, briefly for about a week, um, 41st and Fraser. Yeah. And uh, I just had to quit because, ooh, <laughs> right, make it a blockbuster night. Oh, it still haunts me in my dreams. Well, uh, when, like when, every, every two and a half minutes, you have to listen to the, these fucking ads. Well, when, I, when I first opened the shop on Camby Street back in 96, we, started, we played movies in the shop. Yeah. And I, I hated it, actually, because I just wanted to watch the movies. Yeah. Like, the customers kept getting in the way. Yeah. I'd like, be leaning like, past them to see what was happening on screen. It's like... So that's why we just we switched just over just to music. Just ruined the end yeah. of the crying game for you. <laughs> this movie is uh, The Stepfather, 1987, oh, yeah. directed by Joseph jo- Rubin. Yeah. Do you guys know 
that this is the third Joseph Ru- Joseph Rubin movie we've done on this podcast. I Ooh, did know that. That's, what? that's crazy. I what? didn't know that at all. What yeah. are the other two? Uh, we did The Good Son, although we only did like uh, only half of it ever made to Yeah, The air. Bad Cut of The Good Son. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Inner Space. No, uh, no, we never, no, no we Dreamscape. Dreamscape. But all, I was surprised the guy's got a mixed bag of quality with his, with his films. Oh, yeah. The notable films I have here are The Good Son, Dreamscape, True Believer, Sleeping with the Enemy, uh, Money Train, and Return to Paradise. That so, is so a, a, a wide a swath. Lot, a lot of sort of <laughs> middling... Uh, mediocre to maybe above mediocre films. Return to Paradise is much better than people give I don't it credit know what for. that is. Is that, is like that the Robin Hesh? Williams? <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, I've been thinking Club Paradise, maybe. Oh, and by the way, if you want to see Money Train by this director, I do. You, if you if you do, if you want to see it, you've got a week left to rent it from us. When you rent White Men Can't Jump. It's taped to it because they're both it's Woody actually, Harrelson. It's actually literally taped to it. It's really it's hard literally to play. taped to it. Yeah, yeah if, you have to, even together. if you don't want Money Train. You That's have to true. watch. It, just it comes as a bonus with White Man Can't Jump because of and you've glued and the DVDs together so they play simultaneously, mm-hmm. like some yeah. kind of like weird. DNA monstrosity. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, talk about the stepfather. Let's get into the stepfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, got, here, I, right? I got a lot of notes, and uh, I know that we're, we're also we're going to go in nine different directions. Also, yeah. just try to try to starring Terry O'Quinn. The yes. famous, um, the one and only Terry. Also, yeah. I, I was like, I've seen this guy in everything. Yeah, Lost, it wasn't until maybe? I went to his IMDb that I realized it is everything. The guy's got like over a million credits. Yeah, that's a lot. He, wow. um, it lost the X Files movie, Pin. Yeah, Pin. also on our podcast, that's right. the yes. wonderful Pin, yes. uh, the Rocketeer, uh, Silver Bullet, and Heaven's Gate. That's it. Is it Heaven's Gate? The Rocketeer. Yeah, because he plays Howard Hughes in the Rocketeer. Oh, I think so. Yeah. There's a bit. There's a. There's a little bit where he's got a giant model of the Spruce Goose. Yeah. And they do some stunt off of it, which. Uh, makes the moorings break and the model of the spruce goose flies out of the hangar into the night sky wow. and he looks at it fly away and he goes well I'll be damned it will fly <laughs> oh really <laughs> and that was like a little moment of, of uh, like aviation history in oh, the like history lesson. but he's got his little pencil mustache that's and, right uh, he's yeah. a perfect Howard Hughes Awesome. I always liked that guy uh, De- yeah. Dean uh, uh, Terry Dean Stockwell was also a very good Howard Hughes in, um, in um, uh, Tucker yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. That's but ter- Terry, I mean, Terry O'Quinn kind of reminds me of Richard Jenkins in that way. Very much. Where yeah. like he's like been in everything as that guy, and you always yeah. see, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, hey, and he's kind of normal. He's he's kind of locked down normal, but yeah, unless yeah. unless he's not. Well, yeah. it, it, unless he's the stepfather. Yeah. So let's get into it. So uh, traditionally, uh, what we do is the person who picks it tells us why they picked it, okay, and what your first memories of watching the stepfather were. Do you, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Uh. Yeah, I do, because it was like two months ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wasn't even oh, that this long ago. This, this is like, this like a childhood like, no, like, drama. Here, one of the things that um, I avoided this movie for a long time, like my, you know, like divorce rates were on the rise in the eighties. Uh, uh, the stepmother trope had been done to death. Uh, you know, it's a fairy tale classic, but the stepfather hadn't really been done. And this movie and the schlocky sequels that it spawned were uh, in always in my head as uh, garbage films. Mm. And it was uh, not until recently when the film was recommended to me that I picked it up or I had it on a list of movies that I heard was actually a quality horror film. I was like, really? Stepfather? Oh, Terry O'Quinn. Well, maybe I should give this a watch. And it was, uh, you know, why we're talking about it because it's it was, it was really, really good. But it was kind of like a Rambo First Blood experience, right? Like I'd seen like Rambo 2 and 3 and had no interest in seeing like any of the rest but then I I only saw First Blood like uh, 
about uh, two years ago. Oh, it's just so good. So did you start watching, did you, you watch Stepfather 2, 3, and 4 or something before no. watching this one? No. no, I just, but, you know, being around movies and liking movies so much, and I thought it was kind of like, you know, Stepfathers have a bad rap. They're stepping into a, a minefield. They're stepping into yeah. a, a really difficult situation. The kid, like, by default hates their guts. Yeah. You know, they're a new form of authority. You're not dad. Yeah. And uh, they have to be uh, good. So the good fathers, uh, the good stepfathers are worth their weight in gold because if the, if the, actual biological father is skedaddled or, or just you know been a jerk or, or something like that or died you they know got like, murdered or something the, yeah like the new the new dad has to be a good person and it's an uphill battle so when they win it's great and i thought you shouldn't make a horror movie you shouldn't make <laughs> it's already a horror there's movie. there's existing yeah. tensions that you can exploit for a horror movie but that's cheap and come on and mm. so like i think i kind of avoided it because of that it seemed like it was low-hanging exploitative fruit right and uh but it was um you know i was shocked when uh i watched it um, I was really happy when you yeah. came in. It was on your list. Yeah. I was like, "All right, so I was going to watch the Stepfather." Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, and that's and that's how this spawned. This doing this podcast spawned because well, you, well, you watched it and it's like, "Oh, we should do that." Well, one. Well, Dan, you sound very excited about the Stepfather. Do you remember your first I do. Uh, a viewing I, of uh, the Stepfather? I watched it in the '80s when it came out on uh, home video, and I remember I was like fascinated by it, and because I, I I remember it being more brutal than it actually is. Mm. Um, because there's a, there's a certain scene in it that I had is still in my memory of being way more horrific when I saw it the first time than it when I watched it again. I was really looking forward to the scene and it goes, oh, is that it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I loved this movie when it came out. Um, I thought it was just a good, intense thriller. I hadn't seen anything like this before because maybe because of the subject matter being a, a stepfather or whatever. Um, yeah, I just and uh, maybe the, the the genre of just sort of crazy parents. Um, was new to me back in, I guess it was like 83, 80, 45. I can't remember when I saw it. And so, yeah, I just, uh, I was, I've always wanted to watch it again. And, uh, and we had an opportunity. And here we are. How about you, yeah. Alex? Had you seen this before? Yeah, I saw it uh, when it first aired. Again, Super Channel, I referenced earlier. But right. yeah, it was Good like a Super, Super Channel. Channel movie in the 80s. And it would have been when it first aired. So this is 87. So it probably aired on like Super Channel. This came out in 87? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I didn't watch it in 83, 84 then. No, this no. is 87. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> I don't know. Spying on the neighbors, maybe. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was so it was probably like 1988 when I saw it. So I was like 16, and uh, a friend was staying over at my place just on the couch, and me and him stayed up and watched it. Just, uh, you know, whatever trashy horror movie was on. And I remember both of us uh, being totally taken aback about how much we liked it. And oddly enough, I remember too, it was like, me and my friend just planned to watch a movie, and then my mom actually happened to be up and sat down and joined us. It aired a, a bit couch. later, all three and of all three of us were <laughs> oh. riveted by this movie. Like we didn't, we I guess we would have known who Shelley Hack was at that point. Shelley Hack's in the movie. She was um, as well as Terry Quinn. She was like one of Charlie's Angels, right? She yeah. was. She yeah. replaced uh, Kate Sarah Jackson. Okay, yeah. okay. Kate Jackson right. for a season. Um, and uh, yeah, so she had a bit of a profile, but yeah, the movie. I remember us all being. Really pleasantly surprised and riveted by this movie. Yeah, we Even just turned mom? it on. We hadn't heard of it or anything. It was just like, oh, a thriller's on tonight, and we watched oh, it, and we all phone. loved it. Okay, uh, just pause. Pause for the phone. Your, your mic, your headphone cord is hitting the mic. Oh, okay. So it keeps making that noise. Yeah, don't do that. You just gotta pull the box closer to you, or make sure it doesn't. Because it's going. Pull, pull, pull. Yeah, that's good. Just, just, just hang on to it. Do you want to wait for the phone to stop ringing? I don't care. So one of our weirdo customers. If you want to untangle it, can you pull it so you got more slack? Kind of? 
<laughs> Staple it to his leg. The fuck? How is that phone still ringing? It's like that Kids in the Hall sketch. Uh, the new one? Or the no, no, one? no, the old one where, where it's just the phone rings like 163 times. Drives <laughs> <laughs> okay, the guy crazy. Pick up the phone, prick. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so and I remember oh, this oh, friend. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This friend wait, and wait, I. Wait, 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 wait for, for the sake of editing. Yeah. And this friend and I, too, I remember we were like just snotty teens who would trash any movie that remotely didn't work for us. But I remember us both being like, whoa, this is like crazy good. All right. How about you, Dylan? Uh, I first saw this movie about 48 hours ago (laughs) for this podcast. Um, I I definitely remember it, but like Duncan, I just wrote it off as trash. It just, um, I don't know, I guess in grade seven, grade eight, I saw posters for it or the boxes in the video store or whatever. And it's just like, oh God, are you, are we down to stepfathers now? Like, like it was like, we've, we've, we've had like every, every job ever, doctors we've had, you know what I mean? Cop, maniac cop. You know, librarian from hell or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like, just like, fuck. All right, Chuds. And so the stuff, Chuds. the stuff. But they were cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. So, so I mean, there is something to that. Yes. But with uh, it, just seemed like uh, they ran out of ideas. So now they're going with Listen. the stepfather. And I, you know, and my mom dated guys, and I hated all of them. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't know if I want to watch a movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, like, why would I want to, like, I don't care. Like, well, I, I don't the... like, I don't like real life stepfathers. <laughs> so so it was kind of the opposite of what you were thinking. Well, no, it's kind of, it, well, it's a similar, right? Because after my parents split up, my, my mom went through a series of not great people. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't, that would be like going to see a documentary about my life. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to escape. Yeah, I've got to deal with Gary. <laughs> I don't want to watch a don't movie watch about a movie. Gary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. if Gary, if you're listening, you weren't so bad. I understand that now. But when I was 14, right. I hated your guts. Yeah. Um, but Aww, your, <laughs> your kids suck. Anyway, yeah. So I just gave it a gave it a pass, and then yeah, it just looked trashy and but dumb. And, and I'm not really box, a ho- isn't the box art like him holding a giant knife, like the original uh, box. The original box art. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that, that, that's. You're looking at total like you know trashy yeah, garbage. Because the cover art yeah. that was uh, that was sort of in this this well, the one that I saw the re-release or whatever like mm. that. It's got him looking in the mirror. In the mirror, says, who am I here on the yeah. mirror? Which I I thought was like oh that's guys. Yeah, it's like I saw the uh, yeah like, yeah when I rented Barton Fink. The interactive menu is John Goodman running down the flaming hallway of the hotel, saying, "I'll show you the life of the mind," and I'm like. That's on the menu for the movie. <laughs> well, yeah. do, do they assume you've already seen it? Is they, that, is they that better? Yeah. That must have been the reason. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, is is, is your complaint that it's it's so much better than what they went with, or that they're giving too much away? They're giving it, too much away. Oh, because I I, I swear, if I'd seen an image where it's who am I here? Oh, sure. I probably would have been. Oh, that looks interesting. That would have been because it was just some 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 yeah. knob standing it, there with a like knife, a, like a silhouette, and everything was knives. It's just like all knives. Everything's yeah. a fu- it's always it's a kitchen knife. Yeah. Would you it, it just like seems so sword, dull and unoriginal. Pardon me? Would you rather see like a samurai sword or like a nail? Or like a paring knife. Like right. a little tiny knife? Yeah, like that kid in uh, in um, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. A little scalpel. He, yeah, oh, the, yeah the, the, right, right across the ankle tendon. Yeah, so I never got around it. to seeing it, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad we did it for this podcast. And mm. let's get into it. Yes. So, all right. You have a stack you look like a wizard with all these papers yeah. on your beard. You have an intimidating so, like, amount of You have notes. a lot you want to talk about, so why don't we just start with you, Duncan? All right, well, f- 
first of all, I want to mention the soundtrack, uh, Patrick Moraz. Yes. The keyboardist from Yes and the Moody Blues. Oh, really? Oh, my mother, lo- I would I have, know she that. would have watched that. She loves the Moody Blues. They're anyway. great. They're yeah. fantastic, right? You know, and I listened to the Moody Blues, Moody Blues a lot growing up. My parents had a signed record from all of them. They went to one of their concerts. Oh, wow. and, okay. uh, Dylan was raised in a Moody Blues host. Very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah Long I, Distance I, 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 Voyager. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, Long Distance Voyager was always on the record yeah. player in my home. Classic. Yeah. Sitting Classic at stuff. the wheel. Yeah, this is no. Let's not start. <laughs> I, I could talk about the Moody Blues for like forty minutes, but we won't. Well, I like uh, Terry O'Quinn has that slightly no nonsense look in his eyes that they explode that they they exploit for this for this movie and, and other explode. movies yeah. that, that he's that he's in. And more you know, exploding. Like yeah. we mentioned, Pin earlier, and it was a yeah. very it's a very similar kind of um, uh, you know robot father kind of role, right? You know, except in this one, he's really going off the rails. But I really yeah. I love the opening to this movie. What was it the the director said? Uh, if you're if you're in a crowded bar and a bomb goes off, that's a that's a jump scare. Yes. But if you're in a crowded bar and you know there's a bomb in the bar, yeah, yeah, that's suspense. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's what happens in this movie because it opens with him in a scene of absolute carnage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know he he does his uh, he gets he gets buck naked and gets into a shower shaves his head uh, change or no he shaves his beard off his really fake looking beard his super yeah. awfully yeah. horrible fake looking beard puts in colored contacts to change his eye color uh, in the shower no before he gets in oh, the okay. shower <laughs> and then he uh, yeah and then it's actually him he gets he gets naked and gets into the shower full body shot and, um, and then he, he he walks out and he sees like a, like one of the kids toys lying in the hallway and he's like oh never clean up after themselves and, and takes up this little sailboat and puts it back in the in the toy box and then walks downstairs past a bloody handprint past like yeah. the entire family slaughtered and yes, then it, yeah. it lingers on the body of like obviously a seven-year-old girl yeah. with her little teddy bear yeah, yeah. stabbed in the back like six times <laughs> you're like yeah oh my. and he's he's uh he's whistling and they, they, they couldn't get the rights to um the way we were Oh, they wanted, they, that's how they wanted. They wanted that, but then they so they went with Captown Races, which is which was public they, domain. Yeah, uh, which he does a, a lot. Oh, because he was, it, he's whistling that all the time. It yeah. has a similar level of brutality to the beginning of uh, um, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen. You yeah, know, where yeah. it just starts in a nice little suburb, and the next thing you know, there's a dead kid shot right I'm, through the wait, ice Which cream. I, I love because it just cut to the chase. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm always like, obviously I don't like dead children. Nobody, well. No, wants to encourage that, but I like seeing dead children in movies. Like it's like, <laughs> all right, this movie's going for it. Yeah, they you know, I, I, yeah, because yeah. they rarely do it. Yeah, I remember when I saw um, uh, Mimic, I was thrilled when the giant bug killed those two kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like they never fucking do that. Or in uh, Logan. Right, they they have this opportunity with this eight year old who has a mutant healing power to really mess her up, and I'm like, well, they won't. And then like in the opening fight, she gets a harpoon right through the chest. (laughs) It opens up and then drags her back, and then she gets like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're really, they're really. uh, But at least, at least then you know she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But But still, still, they 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 went for it. They're just like. Um, but yeah, great intro. This we movie. should we great should intro. we should um, we should start a petition to have more dead children in movies. Let's, let's, Can we do that? Let's not. I like I like the fact that it's once in a while. All right, it's got more weight. It that makes way. it more special. I yeah. do a lot of background work. I can maybe like. If we make a, a really a very realistic dead kid doll, I can just sneak it onto sets around Vancouver. Uh, and then in the opening shot here, this is um, Vancouver, Canada. This is the Vancouver special. I don't think yeah. we yep. mentioned that yet, but this is uh, in 1987. Um, now, had the accused come out yet was that 84 i think or? it was more like 88 th- 89 yeah, so this is i was it, definitely in junior high because the accused was to me was kind of the flashpoint for uh for hollywood north as right it were. yeah right. the never-ending story doesn't really count no or or maybe uh shoot to kill 
But or what was the uh, was that the Tom Selleck one? Uh, no, Tom Berenger. Oh, okay. Um, Tom Selleck with the robots with that pilot. Oh, that's Runaway. Oh, it's Runaway. Runaway, with, Runaway with, was with Vancouver. And the BC, the BC, well, they, they do a big uh, chase seat on the BC Law Courts at the end. The, the newly built BC Law Courts. Oh, wow. Gene Simmons wow. slides down the glass roof of the BC. <laughs> law I never courts. knew. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Runaway like since it was new. Yeah, well, same I same still love it. Still love it. <laughs> it's got it. Um, it's got heat seeking bullets. Come on, and bullet. But uh, in terms of flat, I know what you mean by flashpoint, though, because for me, it's really a 21 Jump Street. Yeah, okay. And, you know, uh, and MacGyver. Uh, I I got to go on the set of MacGyver when I was 14. Wow. And and see, I met him. I have a whole story, but I won't tell it here. But, uh, um, when will you tell it? This would have been a grade 10. I got to go on the set of MacGyver for Job Shadow Program. Mm. Anyway. It is a long story. So did, did you shadow MacGyver for the whole day? No, no. They just let me loose on the set of MacGyver. <laughs> so um, there's, there's like scenes of MacGyver that's a kid just wandering in. Well, they, sent, the they sent me with a bunch of special <laughs> needs kids. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole story well, uh, f- for another time. Another time. But um, that was when I first noticed. MacGyver, I think, was when I first noticed the quote-unquote Hollywood North yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and now it's, you know, it's just... It's just part of our economy, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know. Well, I was because I was, I was watching. It, I was like, this looks kind of like Vancouver. British yeah, Columbia. well, it's got that thing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what was the one I saw recently? Oh, the the Wendigo movie with uh, uh, with uh, yeah, uh, Russell. Uh, horns or antlers? Antlers. antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, antlers, yeah with, right? uh, I'm like, Clemens. is this? And then, oh yeah, it's hope. You can, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fully hope. You can almost always tell. You can almost always tell. Yeah. And this has that, and they were like, they were surprised when they shot here because it, it rained for the entire four weeks that they shot here. And I'm <laughs> no. like, yeah, it did. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, well, you shot in late October, <laughs> November. <laughs> yeah, like, right? it's the rainiest months. Right? Yeah. Maybe not excluding May right now, but yeah, uh, yeah it's like, it's the worst months to shoot here and you, and you complain about it. And ah. then I think Elm Street came out, Elm Street 3 came out the same year as uh, as The Stepfather. So there was this this long shot of the suburban street and they picked, they, they, they say they specifically picked houses that looked like nothing bad could happen in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why there's, to me, there's there's levels to the movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've got nothing this, bad happens in Carisdale. Nothing bad happens in Carisdale. <laughs> You've got this, like this Stephen King undercurrent to the Norman Rockwell patina on top. Oh, right? it's great. Like, you it's know, great. Well, that's what makes uh, horror movies even more scary when it, things take place in a normal situation. That, yeah. As you said, things Nothing bad happens here. Well, or, or like, uh, well, there's that, but there's also like, like in Dead Man's Shoes, right? Like these oh, horrible things are done almost in the name of leisure, in the name of like boredom, right? right? They're like, hey, I got an idea. Let's 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 torture this kid to death. Yeah, you know, like uh, that that'd be a hoot, right? Because they're like, again. yeah, it's a great film, great yeah. film. Sorry, I think I just gave it a. Well, anyway, yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> film. Yeah, but this is like again with di- dead kids. But Sorry. this is a di- yeah, this is a different level of of like yeah of like well, this because because he's he's trying for the dream. Like this is the you know that's the thing he's trying he's trying for this for this dream of being a, a perfect family and a perfect father. That's imp- that's plainly impossible. Yeah, like, it's see, not, see, it doesn't exist, and I, that's why he keeps failing. I, I I'm not usually big on subtext. <laughs> I like it all right there on the screen. Boobs and explosions. Um, nope, but but. Uh, <laughs> It felt very Reagan era, yeah. Like like it was like a I don't know if it's a deliberate satire, but it just seemed like the whole family values thing. Probably by nineteen eighty seven, what was you know, AIDS is out there, and you know Reagan's Reagan's reaching for this make America great because he did he wrote that first. It was in Tr- full Tr- swing. Trump stole full it, swing. yeah, full swing. So yeah, this, this fictitious nostalgia for the nineteen fifties, and and this really struck me as sort of a blue velvet 
level kind of deconstruction of that where it's like here's a guy who's just trying for that that Reagan thing. Yeah. And when it isn't perfect, he just butchers everybody and well, starts over he's, again. It's also, it's based on a killer. His That's character's right. based on a killer who was at large at the time, John, John List, yeah. who well, killed his family in the early 1970s and then vanished. And when eventually justice did catch up to him through, may I add, America's Most Wanted, first right. season yeah. caught up to him, he was remarried and had a new family in another part of the United Minnesota States. Minnesota or But something. he annihilated his wife and kids. With annihilated? This, yeah, annihilated. yeah. Wow. Yeah, wiped them out in the early 1970s and then vanished. Same oh, thing, like wiped them out, told the neighbors they were going on a vacation yeah. after he killed his family. And like this disappeared. Is, yeah, so very calculating. And he, he'd lost his job and uh, had been faking it for like four months. I've, all, I've yeah. always found that so weird and creepy and terrifying. When I, I see that in a number of films. When like the... The husband is always, it's usually the husband who's gone off the rails and yeah. he pretends he's going to work. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking, well, oh, what the fuck would I do all day? Well, that's what's I guess so the freaky. Movies? I don't know. Like, of course, the example <laughs> being The Shining, like you you know where he works. He can't disappear. They're all isolated together. But you think he's writing the novel, but yeah, it's just. He's writing that stupid the, line the over crazy and over again. Yeah. Line over yeah. and over again. Well, and that's, that's, that's what's interesting about because the screenwriter, Donald Westlake, he. Um, he had a dad who lost his job but never told his family. Really? And he had uh, a rebellious stepdaughter, right? So he was he was mixing in a lot of his, his yeah. own life. Interesting. Yeah, they say that in the trivia on IMDb. <laughs> it's like he based the daughter on his own stepdaughter. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I always thought, because like after like he leaves and he goes and hooks up with a new family, like, I just kept thinking this whole movie, he's like, he... He'd really be easy to find to catch, yeah. Because you know he he was this person, and the, they found all the bodies. He well, knew they knew who he is. But they know the, who he not is. Not according to local actor Blue Mancuma. Uh, Blue Mancuma, local. That's actor what. Blue that's Mancuma. when I knew it was local. I'm like Blue Mancuma's in this. What do you? What do you? I don't. You guys, you're, you're from What's Ontario and you're from Nova Scotia. And Greg, uh, do you, part, do you remember part, Blue Mancuma? He's from part is he unknown. the the reporter that is in the beginning? No, he's, no the he's reporter. The, that's Robert. Uh, Weiler? No, who's that? what's that guy? Because I recognize that Blue, guy. Blue Mancuma uh, is the brother. Is, is a Vancouver actor. No, he was the uh, the cop. Yeah, he was the cop. And Steve, he, uh, Stephen E. Miller is the reporter. He, used he to, was in everything. He did ads for for uh, House of Wicker or like some Wicker store. Oh, the Wicker. <laughs> That's how I know him. He's like a, a, He's a Wicker. Rattan to get ready, Rat- baby. Rattan. A Malacca to get ready. Rattan to go. And uh, uh, people of a certain generation. Who grew up in Vancouver? Yeah. If, you, if you just say, uh, you know, Malacca to get ready, Ratan to go, yeah, they'll go, oh yeah. And he, yeah. you know, he's like, I, I don't know if he's Jamaican. I, I don't really know, but they they really played up the accent. Thing oh yeah, and yeah, like yeah, the, the wig. Yeah. And he was just this like, like he's he, like, he a, tap dancing black yeah, he, man yeah, in a white suit, white tuxedo, and yeah. he's talking about wicker chairs. And this commercial played like once an hour every Constantly day for, for nine dec- years. For, <laughs> it's probably yeah. on right now. Um, Somewhere I'm definitely going to YouTube this. Uh, Blue Mancuma, yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll add a link. Um, but, but as soon yeah. as I saw him and get uh, and local actor Gabrielle Rose, I was like, "This is and local actor Jackson Davies with a full head of hair." Yeah, that's why I didn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "That guy looks familiar." Oh my god, it's Jackson yeah, Constable Davies. Constable from the Beach Comics yeah, is yeah. in this thing. This yeah. is a very Canadian, got very his Vancouver own, uh, movie. His own uh, own spinoff show. Yeah, so they keep talking. You know, it's all they hired. Eventually, had the two leads. Uh, they had like Shelley Hack, Terry O'Quinn, and the the teenage daughter. And then um, a bunch of locals, right? So they just hired a bunch of local oh, actors, cool. and so that's why that's it's peppered with these. Uh, I didn't. So I've, I'm not growing up here. Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. Sure, except, sure, yeah, sure. So, but uh, I'm glad you guys did. I'm glad you guys had a, another little layer to peel back. It's on fun. This thing, oh right? yeah, fun. for 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 locals, it was just it was a real treat. 
it's it's like when Alex watches anything, watches DefCon Four, and he's like, "That looks <laughs> just like my backyard." <laughs> yeah, what was what was the one uh, the the Siege movie? Siege, yeah. it's called. Cool. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, was yeah. Great. Um, yeah. I, the the one one phrase that kept going through my head watching this movie was Stepford Husband. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, yeah, I had that too. Yeah, right. A definite comparison, and again, it's that weird sort of blue velvet. Like there's a weird because well, he's satire to this. Well, thing. he's all, he's almost like an automaton. He's like a like yeah. He, he wants things a certain way. He's almost like a robot. He, this things have to be like, and they can't. Uh, if, if he if he slept at a box or something, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, right. You It'd know? be awesome if he did. And, yeah. and he so easily pulls the wool over everyone's eyes because there's that that, that amazing backyard barbecue oh, right? scene yeah. where he gets up yeah. and he's just so cheesy and everyone's like, oh. Uh, and it's like for a second he means it. Like, this is the happiest he's ever been. Yeah. He, yeah. he means everything that he like he's saying until uh, they disappoint him. Yeah, he's yeah. he literally they, like, they're just sitting there talking about this gory murder that happened in some adjacent county. <laughs> And then he, instead of going, oh, that's horrible, he goes, maybe they disappointed him. <laughs> and no one's like, oh, that's a fucked up thing to yeah, say, dude. dude. dial it back a bit. It really reminded me of, um, and this was going to be my pairing, but I don't think it's ever been released on DVD, The Deliberate Stranger, the Ted Bundy miniseries. Yeah, the Ted Bundy miniseries. With, with Mark with, Harmon. Or TV movie mm, at the very least. Because uh, there's, a, there's a scene in that where uh, Ted Bundy's on the lam, and he just, he, 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 uh, it's, uh, he he murders a bunch of women from a what a, he does. a school, but he he kills like it's a, obviously it's with all due, with respect, you know. Um, he kill, he kills all these women in yes. in, in some boarding school or in whatever. Flor- like I, I hesitate to link it to to a, a piece of like voyeur, voyeuristic cinema, but in the scene he's he's uh, he's living in a uh, uh, like a housing co op or whatever, and he's talking to the old guy who lives there. And he's reading about it in the paper. He goes like, "You have to admire." Like Ted Bundy doesn't know you shouldn't obviously you shouldn't yeah, say yeah. this. Like you kind of have to admire how smart this guy was. He got in there and murdered all those women. And the guy's like, "You're fucked up, dude." Yeah. And, and he gets kicked out of the out of the housing co-op. And that really, really reminded me of of that. Except nobody said you're fucked up for saying. Well, yeah. the daughter was like, "She was on." What to did him. you just? She's say? the yeah. only one who's on to him. The only and that and the crazed. A brother of of the murdered the, uh, yeah right of the, of the previous murdered uh, mother and the and the um and the psychiatrist. All right. Oh yeah, yeah the, the shrink. The shrink. Now is that the brutal scene you're talking about? Yeah, I was when, wondering when, that. When, yeah, when, when he, he kills the, the yeah when, when he, he, he pretends he's going to look at a house. Boy, and by the way, can we just say the psychiatrist broke like every rule of ethics <laughs> yeah. that's ever been created? Yeah. He it's pretends true. he's someone else he, to go he, spy on him, yeah. at, like at a re- at a house, like because he's, he's a real estate agent. Uh, yeah. Terry Quinn's a real estate agent. Yeah, I, I still remember that scene when he just bludgeons with the two by four. Yeah, and I for some reason like I was like horrified. Well, it's when it's I saw like that. The, it's the defense wins, right? Yeah. Like he, he he obviously has both his arms broken before the blows start landing on his head, yeah. and he's still defending himself, getting hammered down to the ground. Yeah. To his it's, it's, still, it's still a brutal scene, but it, I remember it being a little more visceral or, or whatever, a little more horrific. But it's still a, and I, for some reason, because of that scene, I thought this movie was like littered with, yeah, <laughs> sure. with brutal, like, like, uh, like murder scenes and stuff like that, which is actually, it's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, this scene like floored me when I, well, it's always stuck with me. The director talks about that. They were going to get banned because it was so gory. And it was like, well, it, it's not though. And like yeah. a lot of people come up to him saying, they remember that scene in particular being super brutal and yeah. then watching it again and going, oh, it's, 
It's actually not that bad because well, we've seen so much since yeah. then, and like horror, that's like that would be not that's like a PG thirteen in a horror movie now. Well, I think there's a slightly realistic edge to it. It's not one shot and the guy's down. Yeah, it's ten shots and he defends himself. Yeah, and he, just and he like, fails defending. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that's always a much a much worse death when somebody almost yeah. is like fighting back almost successfully, but yeah. not quite. Yeah, it was know? it was like it's, it's still an intense scene though. Who's the uh, who plays the uh, former brother-in-law in the movie? Is he a local actor? His name, oddly enough, is very similar. No, he's not a local actor. They brought him in. Um, Jerry oh O'Quinn? Jerry O'Quine? No. It's, there's, yes, the, the former brother, the brother-in-law, Terry O'Quinn's former brother-in-law from the from the marriage. Who, who is the we, only one getting anything done. The daughter's name, the daughter's actor is Jill Sholin. Yes. And his name is like Peter Shellen. Okay. Oh. Right, so not, they're, they're not to be cool. confused with Peter Schilling. No, no, not to be confused with Peter Schilling. Um, yeah, I, I do. There is a bit of a suspension of disbelief because because this is not like obviously the easiest way to get away with uh, murder, as is proven in the film Rope, is just to randomly choose somebody that you have no connection with and murder them yeah. when no one's looking, and then yeah. just go away because there's no connection. But this guy. I do have a hard time believing. I guess is this before DNA evidence? I think it is. Uh, yes. Eighty six. No, no DNA fingerprints in an entire huge bloody house. Yeah, like not, no hair. Well, they uh, yeah they, they but, he wraps him up and then fakes the death of uh, of he puts the psychiatrist in a car and drives it off and and puts it was it was funny because the director was saying like they they light the paper stick it in the gas tank right send the car off and yeah. then the car blows up and the guy who was doing demolitions on the movie this was his first film. And so they were like, he's like, fingers crossed, guys. <laughs> you know, they didn't know if the car was going to blow up, how much it was going to blow up. <laughs> Jesus, really? Whether the explosion was going to take them out. Yeah. You know, because well, you're, you're, you you're lighting a gas close? tank on, on where, fire. Where, <laughs> the, where the car is going to roll. <laughs> yeah. So they gave it a shot and it turned out great. And, Excellent. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of that going on in this movie. They were kind of shooting. Well, it's Canada. Shooting, shooting from the hip in Canada. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love the stories like that. Yeah. But yeah, so the brother is obsessed, uh, understandably. And just nobody, the cops are just like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> the know. cops are the, the guy worst. lived they in hate. a fucking house with a family. And he, like, yeah. the, 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 like, this guy has murdered his entire family. It's less than a year later and the cops have given up. Well, we, nothing we can do. Like, like, it's a cold case. And the one it's guy like, even has, like, he just gets, you know, a circle on a map. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure he commutes to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, anyway, whatever. Fair enough. Blue Mankuma, you're doing the best for whatever reason. It's not as much fun if the cops actually catch this guy. It's yeah. got to be the brother. Yeah, you got to have the yeah. you know, the savior getting killed. You know, it's very shining. He comes well, in at that's the last the thing. minute. This is such a Halloran moment. Yeah, right. You know, it's a, such much. a Scatman Carruthers moment. This whole this you know that the whole movie's been building up to the brother the coming in. Yeah. and avenging his sister's death and, yeah. and catching Terry O'Quinn. saving he's the day. Yeah. He's but hot, you know, hot on the trail. You know, he's, you know he's going to get it though. I didn't. I oh, didn't. Oh, did you? oh, oh I, I remember. I, being I, I, I knew he was going to get it. Yeah. Well, I didn't think he. I guess I. I guess I did realize he. I did. I did suspect he was going to get it, but I was just like. It's almost like something that could have been on the cutting room floor because it's so awesome how he, he spends the whole movie tracking him down. <laughs> yeah. Walks in the front door, uh, you know, obviously flails. Like the door's well, unlocked. He walks in like mid when uh, when he's in mid kill, and then he's like, um, 
Uh, he recognizes him. He catches him, right? him off guard by going, yeah. oh, yeah, I totally know who you are. Well, yeah, and then he, he, he yeah. Tries, I murdered your sister. He tries to, he tries yeah. to engage him like normal conversation. Hey, hey, Jerry, how's it going? Like, you know, like night, like, long time oh, no see. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he can't get his gun out of his pocket. He's right. like, oh, my gun's still in my pocket. Yeah, oh, fumble, yeah. Fumble. everyone fumbles. Yeah. The shrink fumbled too. Yeah. Well, you know he's, like, he's like, I'm totally single. Well, and, and then two minutes later, so my wife. <laughs> and it's like, come on. Yeah. Well, things like, well, the fumbling of the gun is like, well, nobody carries a gun. Like, these guys aren't used. And, you put it in your sweater or pocket or something like that. It's hard to get anything yeah, out of a sweater. It, put it down your butt crack. It like was the, around, it was isn't that what the, isn't that all the bad yeah. boys do? That's what all the bad That's boys right. do. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to point out my, uh, my appreciation of all the smoking in this movie. There's lots of smoke. Ogilvy, who is the uh, the brother-in-law. Ogilvy, that's right. Um, uh, he confronts, uh, is it a reporter? Yeah, yeah. he he, try, he harangues this reporter yeah, into yeah. helping. yeah. And he's so writing a story about it, yeah, which Terry O'Quinn and he, later reads. But he reads. doesn't publish the photo. Yeah. And then Terry O'Quinn just makes a paper uh, paper pirate hat out of the newspaper, yeah, which sure. I fucking loved. Yeah. Um, but no, the, he confronts him on the street. Ogilvy confronts the reporter on the street. He's like, you didn't fucking put the goddamn my sister. And then the guy's like, calm down. And he just hands him a cigarette. And then Ogilvy just lights. Like, that's that's all. He just aggressively takes the cigarette. <laughs> that's right. And they're both just standing there smoking so angrily. Well, it was his editor's like, choice not to put the photo in. So they both feel defeated. They have like... Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just talking about but the use of smoking in that scene. And, and just how... how Whenever I watch movies from the '80s, it's just I'm always a little taken aback by how much smoking, and and not and, not only how much, but where they smoke in like hospitals, yeah. airplanes, yeah, yeah. like like restaurants everywhere, yeah, yeah. all over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember like growing. I remember being on airplanes, and there's a smoking section, but it's the row behind you. Yeah, like it's a, yeah. it does nothing. Yeah. You think you just have planes for smokers and planes for non-smokers? What do really you think? Make, you know, that's it. But the invisible barrier, the smoke respects the invisible barrier. No, right. but they're just like they just. It, it just seems so strange that that, that they, they were at one second shouting at each other and then <laughs> and then the guy who's the victim like the guy who is like abused just hands him a cigarette like ah like it's sex or something. Well, it's like I'm on your side. I think this is what they're have doing. a like, cigarette, they're like, you fucking yeah, asshole. All right, you a, prick. We're on you gotta light your jack side. off. <laughs> so yeah, the brother is 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 doing his due diligence. Um, yeah. You know, it's and it's it's well structured because just when you get kind of bored of Terry O'Quinn and, and all of that, like it does, it's not too repetitive. Yeah, you know, it cuts to the the brother in his shitty ass car, the worst oh, car, yeah. the broke down yeah. worst car, no, rust bucket. Because he, he's perfect. Is it because he's so obsessed with fighting the, the killer of his sister that uh, he's his whole life has gone to shit and he's he, living in his car? Yeah, he's a nomadic homeless yeah. drifter. Just yeah, yeah. well, it mentions you know, too that he to found out killer. about her death really late, like months after it happened, because he was traveling in Europe. He get the idea he's just kind of this guy who's kind like of a bit of a vagabond kind of dude, yeah. yeah in the in the original draft he was just supposed to be a cop and i think that shows okay right you know and they uh, sort of retro it's more interesting to have it as a, a relative trying to track yeah, him because, so. the, yeah, because the cops sure. are so ineffectual a bit of a the heart head, the, i love the headshots yeah i love that they <laughs> that's yeah. like hey was it the, the reporter sent a photo from the police department yeah. to the teenage daughter? The teenage yeah. daughter claims she's doing a social studies project but, about serial killers. Oh, right. but, but it's, a, it's an eight. It's a fucking glossy eight by ten. It's like it's like Terry O'Quinn's eight by. I'm sorry, it doesn't say Terry O'Quinn in the yeah. bottom right yeah. hand corner. It's like the, the yeah. talent agency sent a headshot. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's one thing I've always found funny in movies. Movies in general is when the cops are looking at a photograph or they're like when we were growing up, we actually had to have our photographs developed. We took them to the the developer or whatever you get them back there like what like six by nine or whatever that this the small 
But in movies, they're always headshots. Like, like just everybody has like a giant photograph of everybody. I yeah. I've got like yeah. 200 in my... Anyway. Yeah, well, I've still you're, got like 200 headshots I never used. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's, 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 uh, he's from Vancouver. Like everybody, okay. everybody has headshots. Two hundred headshots in the ad. I, I send them out as a, as like uh, Christmas cards now. I oh, just well, fold well, them in half and write "Merry oh, Christmas." That's very yeah. nice. Yeah. How come I never got one? from Dylan? From you're not worth it. What? They're like a dollar each. What? Anyway. <laughs> Um, Mr. Thanks, Ed, man. I was pleased to see <laughs> a, a Mr. Ed clip, and he's yeah. loving it. He's, yeah, loving, he's loving Mr. It. Ed. He's like, I, I'm laughing thinking, his head off. How old is this guy? Yeah, like, Mr. Mr. Ed's from the fifties. Like yeah. uh, he's like he's an old he's an adult male. I'm man, gonna guess early thirties in this. What? You know, like maybe mid thirties. He's laughing at Mr. Ed. Mr. Well, Ed was never it aired a lot, and those shows aired a lot in oh, uh, so reruns. Yeah, well, they were still going on some channels, but I, I like and that this right around that time. License to Ill came out. Remember the Beast Boys and its samples. The Mr. Ed theme. Yeah, there was yeah. a Mr. Ed thing going on in the oh, mid. Well, I remember. I prefer. I was more of a Francis the Talking Mule kind of guy, but that's just me. I like the Mr. Ed clip because it leads into one of the better scenes in the movie, where the the Shelley Hack, Charlie's Angel Shelley Hack, yes. comes out in a negligee and is like, "All right, sweetie," and uh, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to watch Mr. Ed." You know, like he yeah. he's he's kind of uh, you know he's this total automaton to the point that like the the being married to uh, a hot wife, getting to have sex with this hot wife or whatever is is not even. It's like it's it's part of it, sort of. Right. But it's almost like he's doing his due diligence by having uh, sex with the woman he's married to two point five times a week because that's what happy families do. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's he really just wants to get back to Mister Ed, and though. he does yeah. it. He does it. it it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not the like he's not taking advantage. Of her in the way that you'd think a sinister stepfather would be doing, he's like, uh, well, it's, it's, almost it's, annoyed that he well, has to it, do especially this, especially since they've only been together for a very short period of time. Yeah, like uh, it's been a year yeah. since since he murdered his family, and uh, I don't know, like it's it's, it's kind of gray when when um, Shelley Hack and him hooked up. I think it's been a year since her husband died, or something, something. like that. Yeah, so, but it's, it's not a long period of time. So when did he murder his family? But around a year before, because he's already got the, a new a new family in play. Well, there's there's always he has the overlap when he gets tired of the old family, he hooks up with a uh, meets a new family, and uh, so there's a little bit of overlap. So it's less than a year. I'm going to have to say that. But he's been with these guys like only a year. Yeah, and he's already sick of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, no, he's not. He's not sick of them. He's trying to uh, ingratiate himself uh, himself to them. The daughter's having none of it. The the wife's all in. But I like that. Like I don't think that the passion between them has cooled. <laughs> I think that the passion was never there. Was, was for never him. there. Right. 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 You know, he's kind of borderline. You know, not not asexual, but there's something more going on. The image of the happy family that he's trying to inhabit is something that he can't. He almost can't enjoy, <laughs> like do, except in the backyard of the of the barbecue. Do there. they? Um, uh, do they go into his backstory at all in the sequels? No. Oh, in the sequels, I oh, sorry. Yeah, the se- not the remake, the sequels. They were they had flashbacks of him being beaten as a child and shoved in a, a closet in some of the original scripts in this, but during the rewrite process, they took them out. They thought, no, it's just better if we don't know. We're not. We don't know. And that's another thing I like about this movie is a lot of these uh, films where the main character is obviously you know cracked or mentally ill. They they don't just go to a psychiatrist who says, well, this is obviously schizophrenia. <laughs> you know, or or, or yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Like, this person has what's known as multiple personality disorder. Like they don't. There's something wrong with his brain. None of that comes into play. <laughs> like they yeah. don't have a yeah. professional, and they don't use. Uh, they don't use some. They don't misuse some mental illness term as a scapegoat for the bad guy. He's just 
He's crazy. He's just, you know? he's just, yeah. a, he's just a bad person. Well, one of my all-time favorite, because one of my all-time favorite, like other movies that address what you're talking about, of all things, is Dirty Harry because they're, when they're chasing the the, the uh, Scorpio, Scorpio killer through Dirty Harry, there's one point where Harry says to his superiors, "You know, you're crazy if you ever thought you, you thought you heard the last of this guy. Like he's going to strike again or whatever." I'm paraphrasing here. But they actually say at one point, why do you say that? And he goes, he likes it. Like, that's sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, because I'm glad they didn't try to give it the whole, like, horror movies so often have that. It almost, like, stigmatizes sufferers of trauma. Like, if you get beaten, you're going to turn into a killer. Like, some people just do it because they like it. And a lot of these guys, like, even John List, who it's based on originally, Really, there was no big history of, oh, he was abused, he did this or that. Everything seemed fine until he killed his family and moved on to another one. There was no real big backstory traumatic event or whatever. He just did it. But a lot of it's, yeah, striving for that ideal. That's more or less what they they get at here throughout this movie and and not in any kind of heavy-handed way. No. That's what I like about it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like Duncan's been saying, he's just striving for that perfect ideal. And yeah, if that requires like going to work, wearing that outfit, having the occasional sex with the wife, you know, (laughs) bringing, oh, bring home pet puppy for the yeah. stepdaughter who doesn't like you. It's all, it's it's checking, it's the checklist. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if I'm impressed. Sorry, you mentioned the puppy. As soon as I saw that dog, I'm like, that dog oh. is a fucking goner. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. And, and, and I was kind of thrilled that it, the dog yeah. lived. Yeah. For, for I, once, I, I'm like, the I, dog survived. Yeah. My tension went off the scale when he's like in the kitchen, just, you know, tossed his wife into the basement yeah. with the phone. Pick, he's picking out a suitable knife. That's right. Picks out the most suitable knife. Yeah. And then the dog's like, you know, bark, bark. He's like, hey there, little buddy. And like gets down and squats in the kitchen and has the dog come up and lick his face while he's holding the knife yeah. and there's blood all over him. And he's like, hey. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that please, dog don't, is dead. please don't, please don't, please don't. As soon yeah. as I saw the dog, I'm like, I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. the rabbit from Fatal Attraction. That's exactly what I, I saw said as well. But yeah. they didn't. And, and do it. Or yeah. the hand that rocks the cradle or, or any movies with, with like some invasive element coming into to the Holocaust. family home. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it kind of raised that, that, I don't know. I had these 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 moments of like, well, is the state that he's applying for that he's trying to attain um, is that natural for anybody? Not not just him. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, well, it's in. I wrote that down too. But that, that it's, it's leave it in, to in, Beaver perfect like, suburban life. It never life. existed. It never existed. It never existed. Yeah. yeah. It, so it, so it where did he like because he's watching. To, uh, Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed. Horse. maybe that's where he's getting all of he, his. He ideas does and say the line though. Father knows best at one point. Oh, he, oh, he does. He yes, also he also says uh, it wasn't until I was eleven that I or I wasn't until I was seventeen that I realized that horses couldn't talk, <laughs> which I'm sure is meant to be a joke. But like the more we delve into this character, yeah, maybe, maybe he literally thought horses or, like could talk. Like at the end of uh, what do you call it? Uh, explorers. Talk. When the uh, aliens talking to like Ethan Hawke and everybody when they go up to the alien spaceship and he's like, we've been looking at. Uh, you know your your planet's transmissions for ten years. I watch, but I don't know anything about your culture. Like I had to watch. I watched Lassie for fifteen episodes before I figured out why the little hairy kid never spoke. <laughs> anyway, wow! Second Joe Dante reference in a single podcast. There we go. What was the first one? Uh, um, it's like uh, Interspace. Space. It's oh. like Galaxy Quest. Remember yes. the aliens learn all yeah. about through, through and, and, the show. And it's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best jokes. Is. Uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Oh, those poor people. No, those poor, they weren't yeah. actually stranded on an island. <laughs> oh, those poor people. <laughs> uh, another one of my favorite films ever, uh, Galaxy Quest. Sorry. 
On our podcast, Dessert Before Breakfast, we review final episodes of TV shows with one catch. At least one of us hasn't watched any of the series before. Who built these robots? It's gonna be difficult! Is it a metaphor? <laughs> what does it mean? Where was the creek? Yeah, I saw no creek. Did it ever show up? <gasps> yeah. Wow. Dessert Before Breakfast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I just... I don't know what's happening! <laughs> Do you guys notice any like a uh, little nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, All the t- yeah, there's yeah. a bit where uh, there's a bit where he's wearing the sweater. Yeah. He's wearing he's the, the sweater. sweater. Jill, Jill Sholin, when Jill Sholin kicks back on her bed with the giant red headphones, I'm like, that is Johnny Depp yeah. from uh, from Nightmare. On Elm Street. Even the house looked like the yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street house. I thought, yeah, very much so. No. It's funny you mentioned though the music at the beginning. You about being Camp Town Races instead of the way we were. I thought I saw the way we were in listed in the closing credits oddly enough oh weird also uh it's not what he whistles maybe no, it's, it's definitely not what he whistles but also it shows at one point she's listening to a cassette and i'm pretty sure it's a u2 cassette but it's not what you hear in the movie i mean no. maybe they change stuff for video maybe maybe they did oh they it, it was something. somebody though wasn't it? it was pat benatar she was listening to uh yeah, that, right? yeah. Pat I remember benatar the, though yeah it does figure prominent and those uh yeah those credits i remember that, for, uh, maybe they based the credits on the on the screenplay you know instead of the uh what they actually used that well, happens, no, that they have sometimes. to credit what they actually use but yeah maybe i'm totally up but anyway let's get back to it. yes, yes. freddie i totally noticed the freddie sweater and saw that as a total not yeah, to be confused with Eddie Vedder. Sorry. <laughs> Eddie Vedder's sweater? Yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie Freddie sweater and Eddie Vedder. Freddie I'm an sweater, Eddie Vedder sweater. sweater. Eddie Vedder's and Freddie sweater. The, uh, the, that, would be, that would be an image. I do want to say that the daughter, Jill Sholin, and, uh, and the wife, Shelly Hack, there, they are so relaxed on camera. Oh. They're so relaxed on screen. They're such good actors. They're such great chemistry. And um, they, they just yeah, they're really, they're, they're, really they're, 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 they're having a leaf they're, fight. Yeah. I totally <laughs> believed it. Well, yeah. I've watched them have the leaf fight. And it's like, it's not the best idea. Like, what if there's dog shit Dude, in the leaf? <laughs> my notes, my fucking That's notes, right here. Of. It's like the third thing. Leaf quote. Leaf fights seem like fun, but I always worry about slugs and dog crap. End quote. Dylan or, Reimer. Or, or like if there's if there leaves some chestnut tree. You know the chestnut uh, casings that are yeah, like, yeah. basically like maces big, from like yeah, spikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we like, went looking for those when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. oh I love those things. Yeah, that's those what you wanted. Yeah, I've got a giant your friend's yeah. face. Well, I've got a yeah. giant chestnut tree just in front of our house. And, leaf, yeah. leaf fight in big. There's a leaf fight, and it yeah. always takes me out. Like ah, dog shit, slugs. Yeah. Come on, Joel. Let's be the second worst thing that happens to you this week. Um, anyway, I mean, uh, it, even, it even opens up with a paper boy delivering papers, which I think was starting to phase out by '87. Was it? Uh, yeah. I was a paper boy, but I didn't ride a bike. I had a, I had a paper route, but it was like 1977. Kind yeah, of. I, I, oh, but wait, wait, wait! But I was laid mostly, off. Yeah. I was oh. laid off from my paper route. So uh, you're absolutely right. But put in there uh, as further commentary on the. Perfect suburban image. Yeah, that's what... They should have had a milkman, too. Yeah, oh, they should have... Delivering the milk, yeah. yeah. There was a really good moment that they cut, but uh, there's a very shining moment where, at the end, where um, uh, Jill Sholin's trapped in 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 the bathroom... And Terry Quinn's trying to bust down the door with his knife and break through the mirror. And there's a shot from outside the house, and she's at the small bathroom window, you know, trying to trying to get out through the small bathroom window, and she can't, which is very uh, very Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Mm. But there was a moment where they were going to pull out from the window, and then pull out more, and pull out more, and pull out more, and you'd see the yards of the houses around her, and people just mowing lawns, <laughs> having a barbecue. That'd right, be amazing. That yeah, but it, amazing. but it, it just completely shut down the action. Right. There was a steam train going. 
and you needed to keep it yeah. destroyed the momentum. Yeah, I guess so. Which is too bad because that would have been like that would be so effectively creepy. When, and it's and it's so in keeping with the theme of the film. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it is. Are, by the way, it's a really nice shot of him crashing through the mirror. Oh yeah, does. it's wicked. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, Jeremy. Oh, that's, no, it's okay. It's just like uh, like I don't growing up like some of the like one of the most terrifying things for me, anyways, was like having like some something happen and no not being able to tell anybody and or nobody's hearing you like, like yeah. the, so that would be such an effective shot like no everyone's doing their business outside but they can't see that you're in distress or anything like that, which is to, for me personally is quite terrifying yeah well yeah. it reminds me of that scene in uh, reservoir dogs it's the one camera tracking shot where mr blonde comes out of the of the place where they are yeah yeah into yeah. the alley yeah goes to the trunk of the car they see the cop. They bring the cop back in, and then they're back inside. Well, right. no, the, no, the, yeah. co- the, the, the cop's already inside. He goes to the trunk to get the, uh, oh, right, the, the implements gas, right. of torture. Yeah, and it's this long. It's outside. There's like a dog. There's, you can yeah. hear like the neighborhood. There's kids playing. Right. There's a dog. Barks it's a total the break you, from, just, from the from, from the from the tension. Yeah. of everything that that. But it also led up to that moment. it just there's, shows that like, like what's going on behind the closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. A, also in in one of Hitchcock's final movies, Frenzy. It's not very good. It's the second last movie, but there is a great shot where the guy who you totally know is the killer takes a woman into his apartment and then the camera comes back down the stairs from the guy's apartment unit and in, in outside the building and on the street and stuff. So. Um, and just just very briefly on that, that's actually I want to mention that scene from Reservoir Dogs earlier when you're talking about the brutality of the... Uh, everyone remembers the, the, the scene where the, where, uh, the shrink... Gets it with the two by four. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it just uh, when you guys were talking about that, I just immediately thought of the ear cutting scene from Reservoir Dogs. Sure, right. sure. You know, I mean, it's it's because you don't really it's, see any. It's cliche to say it at this point, yeah. but it's just like everybody remembers seeing the ear get cut off. Yeah, it's like well, now you really you don't. Totally don't. You literally yeah. don't. Your imagination is your own worst enemy in yeah. those yeah. in those uh, in those moments. Right? Well, it's the same with Pulp Fiction. Everyone thinks it's a horribly violent movie, but there's that much not that much violence on screen. Like the dude gets shot in the back of the car by accident. And that's about it. Like for violence, it's a yeah. fairly violent film, but there's really not much. That's, you know, judicious uses of violence go a long way. You can have two or three scenes in your film, and they'll remember it as a, yeah. a shockingly well, violent film. The, the stepfather is Case a perfect point, example of that. You know? Because I thought, like as I said earlier, I thought this movie was a horribly violent film. Yeah, and I was looking forward to seeing all that violence again. And there's just the one, you know. Yeah, the mum gets thrown down the stairs. Or yeah, the, that's the, true. The, or the mum dummy, but yeah. or the mum dummy slash stunt no. man in a dress. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, the there, beefy stunt no man in a dress. Yeah. With, with, yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, you can't go throwing moms down the stairs. No, but, but, I, but it's weird because I, I swear it's a dummy at first. I right. rewound that scene like five times. Oh yeah, I it, thought it was just a beefy. It's got that SCTV like like you know. <laughs> throwing a dummy in front of a car thing, but, and, but then, it, but, then but then, but then it cuts to uh, an actual person going down the stairs. But uh, him hitting her with the phone is brutal. Yeah. I remember well, that. I always remember that. Yeah. such a brutal shot. It's a brutal shot, and that's such that moment is such a shining moment in the film, right? When he goes to when she's like, "I called your office, and they said that you quit." He's like, oh, "It was the new girl, Sandy. Yeah. She doesn't know the names of everybody." Yeah, effortlessly, just right yeah. out there. Yeah, who's got a lie in the clip? And uh, and then he's like, I'll call. He's like, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, Randall Johnson. And she's like, Randall, your name's not Randall Johnson. And he's like, oh, uh, who am I here? Yeah, yeah. which is the, which is the, right. the yeah. You know, the, and that's that's when you the, the mask is gone. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it, was, it, was, it was slipping before too. Like after the, the the when they're having the party, 
and then he loses his mind in the basement. She's down there. Their daughter's daughter down there watching him freak out. out. And he really freaks out. He sure does. And he's <laughs> talking to an invisible person. You, know, you stay inside there. Yeah. You stay inside there. And he's like, he's really doing like, it's very like, and then he, and I love it when he catches her. And it's really good acting on his yeah. part because he softens. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know what it's like, honey. They yeah. expect so much from you. <laughs> and you've got to put up this facade. He's and it's so smooth. so hard to maintain. Yeah. And she's like, I don't buy a second of what you're saying yeah, right yeah, here. You're, yeah. you're clearly dangerous. And, yeah. uh, William uh, Goldman has a great book from the 90s about screenwriting. It's called What Lie Did I Tell? And he famously got the quote. It's from a producer. He was visiting a producer about a film that this guy wanted him to write. And the producer... What took the took the phone? Like oh, I gotta take this call, and he was talking to someone else, and it was about a multi million dollar deal. And apparently, he pulls away the phone at one point. He's like, "What lie did I tell?" And then he put the phone. <laughs> back, and that's actually where you get the title from. And that totally made me think about it. Totally. When, when yeah, Terry yeah. O'Quinn's like, "Who am I today?" or whatever. When yeah. he when he's trying to bullshit on the phone in front of Shelley Hack. I'm like, but, yeah. And by that point, he's already got the like the new well, job. Like, yeah. And here's here's the here's here's one of the major questions I wanted to ask about this whole thing is I mean I know the answer is no but if the shrink <laughs> had not brought him to the empty house and pressured him into getting, you know, committed suicide by Terry O'Quinn basically <laughs> yeah. uh, and if uh, if um, who else uh, somebody oh yeah the brother uh, and, this, and, and then you know sending him the newspaper and, and sending him the headshot and stuff like that and him switching it out if because uh, there's that bit in the backyard where he's truly truly happy yeah. And then when he builds the birdhouse and the daughter's like, you know what? I was wrong about you and I just want to apologize. And yeah, he's you like, like birds. You're okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you said that. And they have a really good moment. This like the movie's halfway on his side. Yeah. And there's these there's these bits where you're like, so I'm thinking like if if the psychiatrist hadn't interfered and if the reporter and the the brother of the other uh the dead wife hadn't would he have attained happiness with this family? No. I don't think so because I like, we don't know what yeah, prompted. They're always him. nagging. Well, we don't know what prompted him to kill his last family. No, but I think it, because nobody, no family is going to be perfect for him. And right, whatever and, his ideal is is never going to be there. Yeah, how so, many birdhouses can you build? Uh, how many families has he, how yeah. many families has he killed before the last one? Well, that's the question. Yeah. Is it eight? Is this? Is I would say yeah. this is probably family four. Yeah, I would around there for sure. What's you know? that based on? Oh, just gut feeling. <laughs> I don't, I, I, in the real life example, John List, he only had that one. He only family. had that one, but he couldn't do eight or nine because it takes about two years for each setup, and he didn't get married when he was fourteen. You know, <laughs> so like. Okay, well, here's I, the okay, okay, okay. So you're doing, you're doing oh, the right. math here. Fair you're enough. All right, math. yeah, applying math, but this new family or whatever, he, like he's already on. He meets Gabriel Rose, and 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 now he's. By the way, does he have a resume? I mean, I don't know. Like, do they follow up on references? No, because he's like, he, like he's a real estate agent. And then what was the new job? He insurance. Was like, insurance. insurance. Yeah. He's like, I, I can tell you, oh, all kinds of insurance. He's like, he's I, like, I, he's, so, it's like great. He's, he's Give like me the, one he, example. He's like the cash me if you can guy. Who's like a doctor. He's like a hot air balloon enthusiast. He's like a, a pilot. You know, he just fakes his way into everything. A hot air no, balloon I, enthusiast. He, he does yeah, enthusiasm. I, I threw. I threw that. Who one isn't there. enthusiastic with hot air balloons? <laughs> he enjoy, well, he. I think he knows a lot of what he's talking about. So, he, so like, he does his research on 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 life insurance before he even shows up. And it's uh, and it's sales. Like the thing about the cash me if you can guy. He's a liar, but he passed the bar. Right, right. Like he okay. did, he did do the work. He didn't just say he was a lawyer. He passed the bar. But he did, he, but he did he get his airline pilot license or whatever? Like he did a whole bunch. He, hey, yeah. he was a surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Do you concur? Do you concur? <laughs> yeah. I should have um, concurred. I should have concurred. 
uh, yeah, but but it's it's he already has all that shit in place. And, he has and, that, and well, he's only been with this family now, for what maybe that, a few months. That's what yeah. makes me think. Well, I think it might be about a year, but or maybe a few months. But I think that it's uh, he has it down to an art form now, but like he didn't. Before. So so, so, that, that, so obviously he's done this multiple times. This is this is not his second family. But not I don't second think rodeo. he's done like eight or nine. Right. I think this is probably his fourth, huh. maybe his fifth. Now, yeah. and he's got it down to a science. Now he's like, well, it's time to murder here, them. Here I go killing again. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, there was there was the moment that, that wrecked it was the the daughter's boyfriend trying to kiss her on the front door. Love it. That's what Love it. He lost yeah, his he mind. That was awesome. He's like, he's like, he was practically undressing her here on the doorstep. <laughs> she's, she's 16 and he's like, so am I. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. It's his defense. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you're 16 and he's like, well, yeah, well, so am I. Like, that was such a Duh. great... Yeah, yeah, this is what we do. Half of me is like, yeah. dude, stop talking. But the other one is yeah. like, oh, fair he's, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really reminded me of that scene in, in Face Off where... Uh, where uh, Travolta like pulls that creep out of the car. It, no one else got that? I haven't watched Face Off in forever. But whenever a dad go, has like a hyper violent reaction against some some guy who's like kissing of, his daughter, uh, Bad Boys when they when the when the, the date shows up to pick up the daughter from the prom and Will Smith and uh, oh, oh that Martin Martin uh, Martin Lawrence Martin Lawrence are like Martin they're waving Sheen. guns around and pretending to be gangsters, scaring the heck out of this uh, right right this, the prospective date or whatever. But like the, I'm the, sure Will Smith is really like that. But that's when the wife. Well, no, Will Smith's never been a violent person. We've yeah. never what? seen him. And Martin Lawrence. And Martin Lawrence. Well, Martin Lawrence has never done anything okay. no. untoward. They're nice fellas. They're nice fellas with, uh, you know, they got a lot of pressure. They really are bad boys. Well, you know. Uh, the, um, but then the wife, right? The, 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 the Shelly Hack is like, don't talk to the daughter that way. You're really yeah. overreacting. Hey, lunatic. Hey, uh, lunatic. You're yeah. kind of going off, and it's not warranted. Like, you, you you have a strong hand here or whatever, but they're just 16-year-olds kissing goodnight. Yeah, mm. what would Mr. Ed do? Yeah, this is this is, <laughs> this is happens, right? You know, and so, and that's when he's like, oh, so you're against me too? So that's when it all oh, starts yeah, start yeah, to yeah. unravel. That's, yeah. when, that's when he's like, okay, this is, this is, this is untenable. This yeah. won't work. And so, he's and, already overheard the teenage daughter go... Like he's a creepy weirdo, mom. Why can't you see it? <laughs> yeah. At one point, she calls him like a creepy freak or something. Yeah. And I think he's like standing right there. <laughs> but it's a challenge. He's like, he's like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. yeah. I, can, be, do I this. can build a but, bigger but, birdhouse. But, but then when he gets the does. headshot, when he looks at her mail, because like the reporter sent the, yeah. his headshot to, to her, and he looked that that's basically the end of the whole family right there. But it's such a good moment too because yeah. it's uh, it's he's got like a Vogue magazine yeah. and the headshot, <laughs> and she comes up behind him, and he's like. You know, his, his eyes are wide. He's freaking out. And yeah. then she comes up behind him and he turns around and he's got both things behind his back. And he's like, well, I think you've been ordering things that you shouldn't have been ordering. And I like, think oh. you're looking into things you shouldn't be looking into. Yeah. And then he pulls out the Vogue oh, magazine yeah. and it's like, this. I think it's Cosmo. But yeah, Cosmo is like, I don't think this is for you. And that, but so he, but yeah, then so remember, so th- but he cleverly, remember, he goes and gets a headshot of someone else. Like he buys a random crew member. Yeah, random yeah, totally. crew yeah. like, no, member. You went, see him leaving a photography shop. It's like, you just go in and buy. I'd like to buy a headshot, a headshot A, and it's like some dude. Or just go to the dumpster behind <laughs> Rocket Repro. <laughs> exactly. Just <laughs> uh, some dead actor from yeah. from, from an episode but of the he Beach Comics. He mails her in the same envelope another uh, headshot of yeah. some other. By guy. By the way, right, if you want to see a fantastic headshot, and I might actually link this to the Instagram page. Is this yours? There isn't a uh, no. Mine's great. Are though. these your Christmas ones? I, I have. Uh, never mind. No, uh, there's there's uh, some cheesy crooner. Um, that should be his name, Cheesy Crooner. Oh, I like it. In, in, in a little Italian uh, espresso bar uh, at Nanaimo and Hastings. And 
I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> but it's like every now and then in Vancouver, you'll go in, like in um, in uh, uh, what's that greasy spoon on the nine on Broadway? Bonds. 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 Yes, yes. Yeah, there's like random. Totally headshots random. like of nobody's. Of nobody's. like awesome. You know what I mean? It's not Jerry Seinfeld. It's it's just like some guy, like Joe you know, Stack. Sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, Malcolm McTavish, Larry, Larry Shonen Butter. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's a great scene. Um, and again, with horror movies generally, I find that low budget, uh, way better than high budget. Yeah, I, in, in well, you, have to, you really creative. have to make do with yeah. all kinds of, like, j- like just a good scene. And it has to well perform. Has to well come written. From, yeah, from the actors and the writing. That's where. It, that's where. Yeah, it has it's to it's come it's from. not. It's like the, because we just, we do these uh, these uh, uh, marathons. God. Regularly. Regularly. And, you know, usually, the, like, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, so fucking great. Yeah. And I, there's a lot to be said about two and three, but by four, it's just they're oh just leaning God. heavily into special effects and, and too comedy much. Comedy. You know, yeah. There's not one yeah, good scene when, when in you, any of these movies. When you, when you turn, like, someone as horrific as the child murdering Freddy Krueger into, like, a joke by the, third, the fourth or yeah. fifth movie, it's just, it's, what's the point? But that's a similar theme between the stepfather and the Nightmare on Elm Street is, like, these parents got together and burned a guy to death. Yes. And they're just like, nobody talk about they're it. They're okay with it, yeah. And so that's just like there's this deep dark secrets in suburbia, yeah. And, you know, and they're, they're well, not. It's, it's very David Lynchian. He likes uh, you know that as well. Like the opening of um, Blue Velvet was like the nice white picket fence, yeah. And then he finds an ear covered in ants, and <laughs> yeah. it just goes from there, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's that is actually what I like about the stepfather, which I thought I wouldn't like. Yeah, because my, when I was a kid and I saw the posters, I'm like, oh god, that's like, who cares? Is this a joke? A stepfather? Yeah, and it's actually just how fucking normal this guy is. Like, what a, like, what a doofus dweeb it's, he is. It's one of those like, aside from all the killing, he's a pretty decent guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apart from that, well, he's kind of boring. He's kind of boring. He's a good provider. You know, he's a uh, very like, you know, kind of. He, he is somebody that your single mom would probably be drawn to. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, God, this guy's, well, you, you know what I mean? Well, if you look like later on in the movie when he decides uh, he's going to find another family, he's so uh, he's taking a ferry somewhere, probably, I don't oh, know. Oh, it's a Bowen Island ferry. Bowen you, Island you, ferry. You, you would not know. Yeah, that and April Fool's Day, yeah. two great uses of the Bowen Island That's ferry. Right. I, I would, I'd know it anyway. Well. The ferries are also used well in five easy pieces. Their stuff filmed. Oh, was that filmed yeah. here? Some of it. Oh. oh. There you go. Um, oh yeah, and uh, Dolores Claiborne, I think maybe. Right. No, I think I'm in. No, that was but Nova Scotia. Was it was Nova oh, was it? Oh, okay. But anyway, who doesn't love a good fairy? I love the and, of, and, and of course, shoot to kill. BC fairies, uh, greatest moment. Yeah. In the okay, so in this movie, back to back to the stepfather. I just want to. <laughs> what are they talking? About? I love that you actually stay on topic. Well, we I need to. we need someone to keep us crack that the, whip. <laughs> The uh, I like that he, when he's talking to the daughter about having fights in the school, and she's like, "Okay, I promise I won't fight in the school anymore." Smash cut to her fighting in the school. Yeah, yeah, right. Like she's not going through a very good time. She's not. She's not having a good time. And so he's like having all these talks with her, and I and I, I just I really I really kind of like that. But then there's the scene. There's the murder scene. There's a carnage scene in the beginning, and then he's normal. Up until the point where he's showing a prospective family a house and he's pushing their daughter in the backyard on the swing. Right. And he's like, you know, 
oh, my daughter Jill is so great. You know, I mean, the other day I just saw Shannon at this uh, this thing. She's like, Shannon, who's Shannon? You said your daughter's name was Jill. He's like, oh, did I? Shut up, kid. No, it's huh. Stephanie. Is Stephanie, right. Stephanie. Sorry. Yeah, I just made up some names, but he gets the name <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And then he just smooths it over immediately, and it's, it's just a little kid. Yeah. So he doesn't have to kill anybody because no one's going <laughs> to believe the kid. But he has, that's like, that's about a half hour into the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a half hour since we've seen him kill an entire family. So that's the first sort of like, Oh, oh, there is something. There's something wrong with this dude. There's, there's yeah, a, there's yeah. A crack well, always there. there's something wrong with him. Yeah, but and that, yeah. And that backyard barbecue. I, I don't think there'd been any anything. The backyard barbecue where he's, uh, he's, he's just like well, like reading the paper and like, oh, there's mass murderer and. Yeah, it's and, the and story kinda, about his crime. Yeah, well, he, he, he kind of cracks a little bit there, but but he still does hold it together. Well, yeah. he's, he has yeah. a he has a line that he when he's like talking about his new wife Shelly Hack. He's like, the past didn't even exist until I met you. I'm like, what? That's kind <laughs> of a... Yeah. He's yeah. telling like a politician. He also, also, he gives that line, too, when they're, they're having Thanksgiving. I guess it's their first With one a, together. Immense he's like, fucking turkey for three people. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> like, he's like, it's our first... Uh, it's our first... Um, you know, Or I didn't know what Thanksgiving meant until now. Actually, that's what he says. Yeah. But also, the thing is, I'm glad... You know, we thought the dog was going to... Get yeah. it, but doesn't. I even One moment I'm glad I expected to see was in the backyard barbecue. Someone takes this photo, and I expected to like no photos or something yeah. like that. But no, I thought he, he was going to go. I thought he was going to murder that guy or something. He didn't do it, or later no. go up no. to him or something. But, but the thing is that the cops are so useless in the, this movie. The, like, the man Kim was really not doing his. The, well, like, the, the cops don't exist in this movie. No, well, like the, the brother goes and talks to the cop, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, the file's been closed." And like it's been a fucking year. Yeah, it's only been a year. It was a family, a whole family. He like, got <laughs> yeah. murdered. It was yeah. a family in suburbia, yeah, horribly murdered. Yeah, it's not, oh, it's that not was a like, drug dealer. It was like eight weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, well, nothing we can do. <laughs> it's like milk. I give it's up. It's expired. What we, you, we, uh, <laughs> we asked the neighbors. Yeah. Uh, they said, well, I don't know. So yeah. it surprises oh, and me. Actually, though, even, you know, the, so even, the, even the cop says, oh, you're going to go raking that up again. Uh, <laughs> it's not a cold case from 1958. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Oh, not at all. But it's funny that we're, we're making fun of this, though. But of course, you know, you guys are always tormenting me with my. You know, a little bit. You're from Dartmouth, you know, stuff like that. Why? Well, actually, it's me I mean, tormenting you. You tormented enough Dartmouth. being from Dartmouth. But I just, <laughs> but I remember even about a few, just a few help. years ago. Like occasionally, I'll go back and you know, I go online and I'll look at a like old news stories. I mean, there was an article about like Halifax still looking for answers, and some of the murders were so old. And I'm not talking just like random drug things too. Like really tragic, like like people who were just truly innocent victims and the cops still haven't solved them or they're sure. just sort of yeah help us with leads and me and oh, they Fred, don't work on who, Sunday who well no. I know I they mean, take two weeks just, off for Christmas but all I'm saying is that the whole unsolved murder and just kind of letting it go cold is you know it's funny to think oh yeah in the movie they're being useless and stuff but how often it really does and, happen and also mm. like for what for once I got the impression that it wasn't just useless cops um, being there to it, like to serve it to service the, the the plot that requires a murderer, right? Yeah. Like this guy has to be a murderer, so we just we can't really have cops around. Like the useless cops actually fuel the one guy who does have his shit together. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and he is he is a he's fucking out of control at one point. Yeah, man, that that t- that fucking rage filled drive when he like he shows up <laughs> at the house. It's a couple. You're getting, you're getting their story too. Like they're about to get oh, divorced or that's something. That's really funny. That moment. They and, think and he he's shows up and, and they're like, "Oh, so you got a cab? So you go to your lover or whatever." And then he's like, 
The way he says, the, I'm not a cab driver. Yeah, but yeah. Like wife, he's so mad that he was called, yeah. called a cab the driver. Wife thinks, the wife thinks he's the cabbie, and the husband thinks he's the other man. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he shows moment. up, and he's like, I'm not a cab driver, blah, 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 blah. And then they go, have you seen this guy? Like some lunatic shows up at their door in the middle of a fucking marital <laughs> well, spat. And then... Well, he didn't know they're having And then spat. it's like, oh, yeah, he looks like our real estate agent. And so one thing this ah. couple c- can agree on... Yeah, is, yeah. Is, right, yeah. And then he's like... Real estate, and then he just like runs down to his car and screeches away, and then almost Shelley hits the Hacks fucking cab so on the way out. That's right. No, he hasn't been to Shelly Hacks. No, he was. He was there earlier, and it's like, no, my husband's not home, and he didn't really push for details. That, that scene comes before that. Yeah, scene? and oh, then okay, he's like, it. real estate. But yeah, I love. Yeah, but, but, the, but the way he, the way he yeah. just. He doesn't ask for the name of the real estate agency or any of it. He no. just gets in the car. And, no, and I know he, he's going to Shelly Hacks. Yeah. yeah. I love that he almost crashes into the fucking cab. Because then I'm like, oh, yeah. that's where all the dents on his car come from. Oh, yeah. He's driving like a maniac. Yeah, because there's even a scene. He does like a jump over like yeah. a, yeah. Oh, it's but so great. It's like a, McClure, it's a McClure's road. cab, by the way. It is a McClure's it's cab. It's a McClure's cab. So they were still awesome. rocking the same fucking logo. Fucking name. It's probably the same cabs, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The way they smell. But, but, uh, but I like to think that that married couple... Maybe they uh, they were like, "Who's that guy?" I don't know. Hey, it reminds us of our of our wedding oh, night. He reunited <laughs> them, you know, and then they get back together, and, and they and they have this lovely story. But that's that moment. That's a really good example of uh, screenwriting right there, because all he needed to do was show the photo to one of them, and they would say, "Oh, that's our real estate agent," mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "Oh, that's oh. an important clue." Yeah. That's all that needed to happen in that scene. But he interrupts. Uh, a domestic squabble. Yeah. The husband thinks he's the other man. There's this whole business. Which is way well, more wait interesting. Wait a minute then. Wait, you you wait created wait a, a whole okay, little then. story right there. Yeah. So am I remembering this wrong? So he shows them a photo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's our... Oh, that's then our I'm, I'm, I can't, I must be wrong because wouldn't he have just shown Shelly Hack the photo? Yeah. So he... he, 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 uh, yeah, he I, I don't think that he, her coming, him coming by Shelly Hack's house happens before that scene. Yeah, no, I, or yeah. either that or he doesn't actually encounter Shelly Hack. Like <laughs> was the photo a headshot again? I can't I remember. Think it might it was a headshot. Was it an autographed Terry O'Quinn headshot? It was the same... Best wishes, Terry. <laughs> Terry Q. I, oh, whatever. I was also thinking Terry that in Terry O'Quinn's head, in uh, in Jerry's head, I imagine that it's a lot like Groundhog Day. <laughs> it was just over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his. This is his. Oh man, this is. I keep hooking up with this family. Yeah, and it keeps going wrong. Yeah, right. you know? Let's try it again. Let's try it yeah. again. So he's 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 in this loop. I think almost like being a, van- a, a werewolf. Like you just suddenly come to and you're covered in blood. <laughs> and I, well, I don't know what happened there. We've all been there. Um, I'm my notes are are done. Duncan, well, you still have a bunch. I have a, well, I have a little bit. I have a few. I know that it's a hard movie to sell because of its serious tone. Like it's not schlocky enough to be a slasher, and it's too horror to be mainstream. I, I, I found it more of a thriller than a horror. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of market, like you said, with yeah. the knife on the cover. Yeah. They went through a few different marketing campaigns. That's for it what I they heard. Were, yeah. They weren't sure of like how do we, how do we market this because we can't say it's a, you know, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's but it's not. Um, it's 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 kind of in the vein of of like of a Fatal Attraction kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it's it's like obviously a little different. But uh, yeah, it's like a. I don't domestic thriller. I don't know what I don't know what you call I, it. I understand why they marketed it the way they did. It, it, it's a shame well, though because trying. that marketing definitely turned me off, and I, that's why yeah, I didn't see too. it until now. Yeah, didn't turn me off. No. Well, yeah, but you, but you like anything with a knife. <laughs> yes, maybe I do anything with a knife. 
I got well, that tattooed my back. You're one of those people, when I read a statistic where it's just like, if you're a young filmmaker and you're starting out, make a horror movie. They're yeah. low budget, and there's uh, there's a huge percentage of the population who will see anything Watch that anything. is horror, yeah. and that is Darren Gay. Funny thing you mentioned that. Um, I made a, f- a few short films when I was in, in college, and I made a little horror film. <laughs> and we actually we threw a dummy off the top of a parking garage. Did you get in trouble? Uh, they Someone fought the police on us. Yeah, that's that happens in the Good Son. <laughs> yeah, that's what, right. You're not allowed to throw dummies. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah, we're you know, it was it wasn't a big deal. The police came. We talked to them, and you know, it was like yep. clearly a dummy that we made there on the spot. Was it a good movie? No. Okay. No. One uh, <laughs> one cool thing about the director is that he likes making scary movies, but he can't handle watching them. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, like when he watched Alien, he had to watch it like from the lobby through the door to the theater. <laughs> yeah, so it's just to look at it like he and he's seen if he, he hadn't seen this movie in forever because he can't sit through a tense movie; it freaks him out too much. Wow, he's too scared. It's by weird because he movies. makes tense movies, but he loves making tense movies. Yeah. He likes oh. constructing the 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 tension. But, but then can't. again, like something like Sleeping with the Enemy. Which I haven't seen in a really long time. Never seen it. You know, I sleep, sleep, sleeping theater. with the enemy is is you saw it at the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. As uh, those double bills, it's Julia Roberts, right? Yeah, uh, Julia Roberts and, and some guy with a mustache and oh, a yeah, fantastic right. cast of soup cans. Oh, I don't it, know what that means. Well, if they, she she puts her soup cans willy nilly into the cupboard, right? And one of the reasons why her ex husband beats her almost to death. Is because she's so disorganized. Oh man! So she packs up all her stuff and leaves. Gets an assumed name. He finds her, breaks into her house while she's out, and the big reveal is she comes home, goes to put away her groceries, opens the cupboard, and all her soup cans are pristine with the labels facing in the wow. right direction. And was it Andy Warhol? Was that was who was stalking it? Yeah, it was. Andy. I was no, I have it was like seen a Poltergeist it. or something. Maybe. It, it is similar. <laughs> it is similar though. Um, poltergeist with the chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is kind of. There are similar themes there. I think, like sleeping with the enemy, is kind of. Oh yeah, no, you know this, what I mean. This, like, this, like, this like, it inv- like having your your home invaded by a. He has things to by an angry to, dude. To um, uh, but it's also uh, sleeping with the enemy, as I recall, isn't a particularly gory. No, it's definitely more of a thriller. You know, you, you get the impression that maybe he made that movie because. Because he, he did, he felt like he didn't get the marketing who, right on the stuff. Who was the guy at the mustache? He was totally like a poor man's Kevin Klein. Very or, much. Like and a, you know what you think uh, that poor is poor man's be- Tom Berenger. Like, uh, <laughs> wow, it, or yeah, really poor man. Yeah, Berenger. and Tom Berenger is his own poor man. Yeah, well, maybe it was Eric Roberts or something. Um, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> was it? I don't know. It might have been. I, I it wasn't Tom Berenger. No, but it might have been. Uh, it wasn't Eric Roberts. Was it Eric Roberts. I don't think it was Eric Roberts. Anyway. No, I think maybe you think it was a, a, a Kevin Klein type because the movie Consenting Adults came out roughly the same time. Right. Where all, Ke- all those, those But those the guy has a mustache, those. too, in it. Too. Can I tell you a quick story about like, when I went and saw Consenting Adults? Yes. Well, very, very quick. Okay. I, I, I saw it at the $2 theater that I grew up next to. And I'm sitting there, and this is in, in, uh, in uh, New Westminster. And uh, watching Consenting Adults for about forty minutes, pretty good movie. All of a sudden, a gang fight breaks out in the in the al- in, in the in the like in the aisle. The, the aisle, and people are just like "fuck you, motherfucker!" And, and, and you know, and at one point, like a full drink full of pop and ice just went whizzing past my face and exploded against the wall. And some guy's getting his head kicked in, and then and then the manager comes in, called the cops and all this stuff, and a guy got stabbed. And then Whoa. like so they so obviously you know is there a doctor in the house? The whole thing. So they take the guy away to the hospital. He was fine. He survived. Not, well, actually, I don't know. Did I, I didn't. I didn't follow up on it. But <laughs> I didn't read in the paper that some guy got killed at consenting adults. Anyway, so they they gave me a ticket. Like you can come back. 
and see any movie you want. I'm like, I want to see how consenting adults ends because it was really good. Can we just finish and the movie literally right now? At, at at the the moment where the fight broke out is when that movie started to suck. Like those oh. guys, those guys were doing me a favor by stabbing a guy at that point in the at act two into how three. Terrible. Oh. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there as a consenting adults nice. related story. Yeah, interesting. Yes. Um, uh, two 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 other things here. Uh, Jill Shonen has a shower scene in the end. Uh, yes, and, she does, and it's her. She gets real naked super and, naked yeah, and, and we see like all of her but it's yep. a great uh the the camera angle is the same as the camera angle for when terry o'quinn gets naked in the beginning ah, of the film so i don't know what kind of parallel they were trying to show up there but the, the she direct- also shapes her well, head for me i know the, and the i start i noticed that angle how- but then it was totally roomy she pulls the curtain yeah. back more kevin spacey oh so we should have warned so. you not to mention the shower Duncan. Yeah, we'll explain that after this. Given, oh, g- the given half a chance, Alex loves to talk about Kevin Spacey masturbating <laughs> oh, in the shower. Oh, sorry. From American, yeah, American Beauty. It's an American Beauty joke. I saw that with, And a real life joke. I saw that with a friend of mine, and she had to leave during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> she left, and she never came back. She was like, it was too much for her. I think well, something in her past was, was not that. Was it bad. was probably Kevin Spacey in her oh, shower. No, I like I like the daughter, Jill Shonen. Sh- like, Jill Shonen, yeah. Did, like, uh, who's apparently been in tons of stuff, but I, I, I don't know her. Yeah, I same here. I, I was hoping... Like, uh, she, she was very good in this, and yeah. I was hoping she had a more of a career. She had, a, she had a, a good sort of, apparently, to hear everybody talk about it, she had a five-year window of being in a lot of movies oh, and being very nice. Natural and uh, and had a really good little short career. That's good. Um, cool. that's, that's nice to hear. But I like the final battle in this. I yeah. like the creepy the creepy attic that comes up out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Out yes. of nowhere. Like, I, yeah. I, I like that they replicate a scene from Christmas Vacation. Oh, with this with, with the insulation where the dad falls through the insulation. Yeah. You don't often get that. I like too. Yeah. There's like you see her early in the movie. The character she's in a fight in art class, so you know she doesn't take any shit. She'll, yeah. So that's yeah. what's awesome too about. You know they're setting up for a stand a standoff between the two, and you know she's not just going to be, you know, screaming and crying and running. Obviously, yeah. she yeah. will I, do some of that. You know, and that, he's got that is, but it's a good because uh, ordinarily do I'm not. I don't find those scenes very tense. Yeah, where, where it's like uh, you kind of know how it's going to work out. Yeah. And when she climbs up into the attic, I was genuinely and like, there's but there's so many and there's so many moving parts because the mom comes back from the basement with the gun that the guy dropped right. after yeah. failing to get him. Right. She shoots Terry O'Quinn in the back. Uh, she shoots him in the yeah. She shoots him in the shoulder. Always in the shoulder. And then shoots a window. Uh, and then she shoots him in the leg. Window. She's not a, the dog. She's not a great <laughs> <laughs> shot with the gun. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, he gets stabbed in the heart by the daughter. Oh yeah! But there's a great scene where they're 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 both racing for the knife, and then you see a hand bring up the knife and bring it down, and you're like. Is that Terry O'Quinn's hand? Whose hand? Yeah. Whose knife? Is yeah. that Jill Shonen's hand? You know, you know, and then, and then you see it. Yeah, it, uh, you see his back as he stands up, and then he staggers back, and he's pretty dang dead. Oh uh, yeah. So I'm wondering. I'm really happy that they stepfather? ended it there. You know, no, in, in yeah. Stepfather Two, even though he came back for it, and he didn't come back for Stepfather Three, but uh, I'm sure he wakes up in the hospital. As that was a close one. You know what they <laughs> should have done is it should have been a prequel called was, the, called the Stepfather's Stepfather. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's like twice as bad. Yeah, the Stepfather. Cubed. Stepfather, cubed. Cubed. stepfather in cube. Uh, stepfather that. to the power of stepfather. Uh, any more notes, to Duncan, before we get to our, um, that, our final thoughts? Uh, that's my... Yeah, that's it. I just I mean you you're you're welcome to keep this going, you know? I don't want you to feel under pressure. The movie's oddly sympathetic to uh, to Jerry. It is. It is. Well, it, it kind of has to be cuz you just want it just to be like a like an outrageous monster that you can't relate to on any kind of level. Yeah. So, yeah, I think having him because he's such a good actor as well. He sells being, you know, the homicidal maniac really well. 
and uh, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want him just to be this the one note. Yeah, it, it, was, it was fun in the uh, in the director's commentary because it was a, an interviewer from Fangorio magazine was uh, interviewing her. And so this, this and, and the director hasn't thought about the film in 20 years. And so he's like, uh, so, you know, the, the, the costumer's assistant in this shot, apparently I heard, was using these jackets that weren't uh, regular, you know? <laughs> Is that true? He's like, oh, I don't know, man. Oh, fucking no. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? about? You're, you're asking me to remember something that happened 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But he, he remembered almost blowing up a car. He's so laid back. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> like that, so. that's kind of That's kind of one that sticks, but like, yeah. uh, half the questions are one-word answers. And uh, What and brand of like, knife was that? He's like, so uh, <laughs> yeah. did Shelley Hack Get and Jill Shonen... Uh, did did they have did they do anything together to create the chemistry that they have on screen? He's like, no, nah, they're just really good actors. Yeah. Was there any dog poop in the leaves? <laughs> He's um, like, uh, and uh, and what about um, did uh, did uh, did Terry O'Quinn not have much contact uh, with the daughter outside of uh, of rehearsals just so that they could maintain a distance? He's like. No, they're just really good actors. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Stanley Kubrick, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, I, yeah. he's like, and he talked about at the end when um, he gets stabbed, and he says, "I love you," to his daughter, sweaty, dying, falling, <laughs> goes down the stairs. The director was talking about how, like, like seconds before they yelled action. He was like joking and laughing and talking with the crew about, right. like, hey, lady, I was talking to the monkey. Oh, okay. Okay. We're ready. Okay. Action. <gasps> oh, I've been stabbed. That's because he's and a good actor. He's like, yes, hey, man, he's just a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a good actor, man. So that I, was, I like uh, to think he was talking about monkey shines <laughs> oh, in that moment. Oh, monkey shines. Good old monkey uh, shines. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, let's start with Duncan? He is, he is our guest. Now, Duncan, as guest. you are well aware, here at Black Dog Video. Yeah. Um, Every Monday is two for one Monday. Uh-huh, and if, uh-huh. if you were uh, standing around here at the shop and some customer walked up and they had the stepfather as a rental and they didn't know it was two for one Monday and they're like, oh, I don't know what to pick. What movie would you pick to pair with the stepfather? I had a couple of ideas. Let's hear them. Um, I was thinking No Country for Old Men because the bad guy is kind of the main role in, mm-hmm. that, in that movie, much like this one is. I was thinking Shattered Glass. Because of the you know the illusions and everybody believing this guy, and he's that's right, a right. great movie, great film, yeah, great film. That yeah. puts it puts the the rumors to rest that he's a bad actor. He was he's, 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 he's a great actor. Was that was that the, who's R- who's Ryan the bad Phillip? actor? Ryan yeah. Christian. Hayden, Christian. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Oh, the the Star Wars dude. The Star yeah. Wars dude. Yeah. And then uh, obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, you know. But I was also thinking of like the informant, maybe like that, because that kind of goes off. But then I landed on. The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, nice. Excellent. I almost picked it myself. Yeah, because that's that's where he assumes an identity. It goes off the rails. It can't possibly be maintained. Yeah. Uh, But he's doing his damnedest, and uh, everybody's helping him unwittingly and unknowingly. But it was on my horizon. I I wanted to reference this earlier when you were talking about the scene where the shrink gets gets beaten with a two-by-four. Again, as as, uh, the scene in the rowboat... Yeah, <laughs> as being one of those uncomfortable Ooh. murder scenes where it's not just bonk. like like one or two. It, that, I that, can that's still a, hear that bonk. So, yeah, oof. and then like the cut on the face, and then the, and it's a really really unpleasant, really realistic, unpleasant. like how hard it would actually be yeah. to, to to murder somebody. Hardwood uh, awful scene. scene. Anyway, I'm, I'm really glad you picked that. So yeah. the talented Mr. Ru- uh, Ripley, that would be Mr. Is, Ripley. Uh, Mr. Ru- Mr. Romney, um, <laughs> is is Duncan Shields's pick. Uh, how about you, Alex? What is your pairing for the stepfather? Step brothers. Seriously? Nice. Yeah. No, I like it. Sure. Why not? How about Step Up? Step Brothers. 
about the 13th Are we going to allow this? Well, funny thing is, um, I have a bunch of picks. Uh, my first one okay. was... Uh, so, Ste- so you're pulling on Alex tonight. Oh, I had... But no, Step Brothers. Ste- I just... Stepford and Son reruns? It's just... I love the weirdness, the insanity of Step Brothers, too. It's, I love Step Brothers. Don't Step get me Brothers wrong. Step Brothers has elements of horror to it as well. Yeah, Even though it's a totally hilarious comedy and stuff, there's definitely... It has Richard Jenkins freaking out, which is something that you almost never see. Yes. And, uh, and and Adam Scott being a he total piece so, of shit. He freaks so <laughs> well. Which you also never see. Richard Jenkins freaks so well, though, in Nightmare Alley. I avoided Step Brothers for the longest time, and then several customers over the years would tell me how it was like, oh, it's one of my favorite movies. They loved it. And uh, all these different people would comment on how much they liked it. And one night I took it home, and I just... Like Very falling okay, off the so couch, your devil bill is, Again, what, couch. what do you watch Step first? Stepfather? Oh, stepfather first. Okay, how about you, Darren? Well, Alex stole all my step uh, jokes. I had <laughs> I had stepbrothers, stepmom, step up, stepford wives, 39 steps. How about the, how about the steps uh, of the Battleship Potemkin? Oh, it's, it's not called Stepmom would be yeah. good. Isn't it yeah. called the Battleship Potemkin? It's just called Battleship or, yeah. or Potemkin. But what's the theme of of the, the the stepfather? He what does he he wants to attain is family, perfect family. Mm-hmm. So of course, when you think of that, you'd naturally think of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. So family. I was like, it's yeah, about yeah. family. It's about family. So I'm thinking maybe the pairing should be Fast and Furious Four. Why just, four? I don't know because there's nine of them. I just pick one. But actually, my pairing for this is a movie we mentioned earlier is Pin. Excellent. Yeah. Which great. My pairing for Pin was the stepfather. Oh. Because I always thought that was the other. Could have been another realm. Could have been the other family he was. Sure. Yeah. So like the pin, the pin family. He wants a perfect family. He's trying to teach his his crazy you In know a kids. Very weird way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, so it's uh, got Terry so, Quinn. So, so you are wonderful. you are creating a cinematic piniverse. I am. Yes, I am. Yes. Thank you. Terry so, O'Pin. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice one. Wow. I, I see. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, somebody brought up Serial Mom because because that definitely was one that I considered. Because yeah, that's an awesome movie. It's so, I, it's so great. But it's, right. a, it's a little too on the nose. And yeah. It just doesn't seem to work for me. Uh, so instead, um, well, just honorable mention goes to April Fool's Day, also filmed Don't here, care, yeah, at, yeah. probably around the same time. Another favorite of mine. Uh, and frankly, I, I, I thought movie, somebody I else seen. would beat me to this one. But for me, the obvious pairing is American Psycho. Which yep. also An explores the, 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 the underside the, of, of American culture in the 1980s, uh, you know, an, an, an impossible to attain um, ideal, but in, in this case, it's Wall Street as, as opposed to uh, Main Street. Mm-hmm. It has a guy, um, a guy with a facade like, portraying somebody that he's not, and everybody's just kind of letting him get away with it. Yep. Um, and you're not really sure how much of it is in his head, and 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 you know, and how much is, is actually happening. So my pick is Mary. Is it Heron? Mary Heron. Yeah, Heron. It's, Harry that, that's, a, that's a bird, though. I thought maybe it was Heron or something. Uh, She's daughter of Don Heron, comic legends. Oh. Canadian comic legends. I don't know. Who, oh, is he no, the guy who does the snow golf? Don thing? Heron. He was a talk <laughs> show. So you know his famous character, Farquharson or whatever, the old. Uh, this is some serious dude. Dartmouth shit, dude. <laughs> Not Dartmouth. No, he's a Canadian. No, 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 no. Don, Don Dartmouth. He's right up there with Simon and Schuster. What are you talking about? There you go. Wayne and Schuster. Oh my God! Oh, I got. I, th- I thought that was. A, that I thought that was. A, you're a sketch comic, and you got that wrong. Simon and Simon. I was thinking of Simon. And <laughs> Simon Garfunkel. Simon Garfunkel. Uh, so my pick, American Psycho. Uh, I think awesome would make a, a, an excellent an comparison, um, and and so much better than the book. 
I've never read the book. I can't comment. American Psycho. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but the Ameri- American Psycho. I did not go see for the longest time because I hated the book. Oh. So because it was, it's just gratuitous crap. I don't know. I didn't mind the book. I didn't care for it. Well, Brett Easton Ellis really puts you in the head of the killer, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, it's and it's, it's also it's just I, I, frankly, I just it, it kind of rep- I, it's, it's repetitive and you're redundant. And, but but Mary Heron actually managed to uh, to add an element of grace and style and and you know and humor and humor and oddly humor t- yes. like that's a badly fine, fine line to walk yeah. yeah try to make that movie as serious as it needs to be and as funny as it needs to be yeah. well all you need is some Huey Lewis jokes I was gonna say and it's all good to go <laughs> uh, and by the way <laughs> if you can watch the Weird Al recreation of that so good. Where it's it's Huey Lewis murdering Weird Al. Yeah, literally yeah, Huey awesome. Lewis talking about it's it. It's fucking fantastic. Um, and I think that is the end of our podcast. Is that a wrap? I think we can all agree that this does hold up. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Do you concur? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Totally recommended, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, Duncan, thank you so much for joining us on thank the podcast. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, thanks, man. My, my sincere pleasure. Do you have a Twitter handle or something? Oh, uh, yeah. Promote? By, at by Duncan Shields is my, is my Twitter handle. At by Duncan Shields is my Instagram handle. Uh, I have a, a book of short science fiction called Small Windows that's uh, um, available at all your local bookstores. Yeah, we talked nice. about a small window in the show tonight. Yeah, wow. that's right. It was yeah. a small window Full there. circle. Full circle. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've uh, got several books of poetry that are available and I don't know. I've got, I do a movie by minute podcast which is where you look at uh, one minute. You, you do a podcast about each minute of a film. That's Love it. crazy to Love me. Love it. Yeah, so yeah. you do, if there's 96, like we, I did Tron, uh, 1982's Tron. So there's 96 episodes of that which, uh, with, <laughs> with a bunch of guests. That's one of my favorite films of all time. And the good thing is it held up to scrutiny wow. after a year and a half of podcasting about each and every minute of the film. Have you done like Heaven's Gate or anything like that? No, I did that. Uh, I'm in the middle of doing Time Bandits. If you go to tronologicallyspeaking.com, nice. you can hear all the episodes Tronologically of speaking. Yeah, tronologically.com. Yeah, because I was, I was going to do um, Tron in 60 seconds, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's do it in 96 hours instead. Yeah, so we did. We did uh, so tronologicallyspeaking.com. You can go there and, and listen to the whole podcast there. Amazing group of guests. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The movie holds up to scrutiny. Uh, there's also 19 episodes where we talk about Tron Uprising, the animated show, which is a fantastic show. I just wish Disney's putting out pretty much every property they've ever touched, Except. remaking it, re-releasing it. And I'm like... <laughs> But Tron, it did Trons. well. It did okay. It yeah. didn't flop. There's what, two with of Tron, them. With Tron 2? Yeah, Tron Legacy was great. There's a, I, I a, really enjoyed Tron Legacy. A I friend of mine's doing the movie-by-minute treatment on Tron Legacy, and that's starting to air as well. Uh, and that will be available on Tronologically Speaking. Tronologically Speaking. Yeah, so the timebanditsminute.com is where you can start listening to the to us doing the same treatment for Time Bandits. If you go to moviesbyminute.com, moviesbyminutes.com, there's, a, I think, 196 podcasts that have been made about different movies all your favorite movies all the classics I did watch the Star Wars minute or listen to the Star Wars minute they were the guys the creators that started it all and they were not gatekeepers at all they said hey you want to do it it's a fantastic format there's two there's two rules and they are uh, always thank the creators on your podcast thank the Star Wars minute and uh, finish what you start <laughs> Don't we should do up. we should do the Magnolia Minute. <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of like the, the longest <laughs> movies, like uh, the Gone with the Wind Minute. Or my something favorite, like uh, my favorite joke is my friend Sam Dalmage, who you know, of course, uh, he came up with. There's a movie called Empire by Andy Warhol, yes. which is an eight hour real time <laughs> movie of 
A, what, a, sta- a static shot of the Empire State Building. It's dusk till dawn, and I've seen a lot of it. <laughs> He's like, we should do that minute by minute. Yes. I was, I was like, oh, my God, that would take five years, and we would get so philosophical by the end of it. It's so funny you brought this up, because I had you not just told the story of my friend Sam, I was going to say, why don't you do Andy Warhol's? Oh, good. There you go. Empire. I've seen most of it many, when I first moved to Montreal in 1994. Hey, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> when I first moved to Montreal in 1994, Andy Warhol's movies were being shown for the first time for years in Canada. It was oh, always okay, this cool. whole like rights issue. They projected, there used to be a theater on Saint Laurent Boulevard, which was closed for a summer festival at the time. They projected, uh, it was a small theater, Cinema Parallel, they projected out their upstairs window across the street onto a wall empire in its entirety awesome and people were sitting in lawn chairs and had sofas and cool i watched a few hours of it throughout the night yeah static a shot of hours. the empire state building you sat down yeah i sat down <laughs> it was see, just from as... one till 3 a.m <laughs> let's see how that goes it was crazy well wasn't wasn't there like a like an art installation or whatever um a couple of years ago it was like a 24-hour clock all the movies that had time in it and it, went, it ran for 24 hours and so you could come in at any time, and it would be whatever scenes that had that particular time. Oh, awesome! Running in, yeah. Somebody, some crazy person, put all this together. Wonderful. I, Bet you I, noon I heard, and heard, midnight are the most interesting points. I heard it was amazing, but I never. It was playing at like a, a art gallery in North Van, and everyone saw it. But it sounded like amazing. I love the idea. I, and yeah. I, I'll throw in my two cents before we wrap this thing up. Have you guys ever seen this film is not yet rated? Yeah. In Britain, they actually the, the the film ratings people have to by law watch the entire movie. Yeah. So someone went out and just literally filmed a wall, painted a wall white, <laughs> and filmed it, and, and 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 it's like seven hours of paint drying. Forced and they, them. They to all learn. had to sit there. So awesome. that's the one I would I, I would project nice. that on the Empire State Building. This has been the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast. Uh, we are located at one four seven zero Commercial Drive for the time being. Mm. Check out our website www.blackdogvideo.ca. Not we've still got swag and movies and stuff on. On sale online at www.blackdogvideo.ca. We're going to be here to the end of June. I don't know when this is going to air. Apparently, like six months from now or whatever. We're going to be here to the end of June. If you are in the Ottawa area, I will be doing two weeks at Absolute Comedy, uh, which is the better comedy club in Ottawa. Lips Go to Jefferson's, Jefferson's Barbershop for a haircut. They, they are one of our hair. sponsors. They're yeah. great. I have been women. Dylan Reimer. I'm Alex Chisholm. Darren Gate. Thanks once again to uh, our fantastic the man working the uh, the, the, the keyboards the, the keyboards and the uh, the audio. He's what's making, it's, He's making us sound as sexy as we do. He makes me sound even more nasal than I usually do. <laughs> that is Greg Stephenson. Once again, thank you to Duncan Shields. Yeah, thanks, man. Keep You're on welcome. listening, everybody My out pleasure. there. Be good to everybody out there. And, right. and, and and you know what, Gary, you weren't that bad. You were you were you were a decent stepfather. <laughs> After all this talk, poor Gary. He's sitting there. There's a slow tear running down his eyes. He's drinking his. Uh, it's a hard gig. I Maybe hope this not. podcast makes amends. Everybody, be be good to your stepfathers unless they don't deserve it. Bye. See Eat malaka for the money. Wicker for the show. Fabrics to get ready, baby. Rattan to go. The Rattan, the movies made famous, is on sale now with the same old-fashioned custom service that makes Malacca special. Save up to 50% at Malacca Rattan at 7th and Granville. Eat Malacca for the money. Rattan to go.